0: Right, Hello, Nick DiGiulio here on 720 WGN. We're live in the Skyline studio and uh, Monday night into Tuesday morning. We're here till uh, four uh, as we are every uh, every weekday morning, 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. Hey, Herb Weissbaum is going to join us. He's our consumer guy. He joins us once a month to take on all the consumer issues in the news and uh, to, uh, to help you out with your consumer uh, questions. Uh, it's always great to have Herb on. He'll be here in a little bit. Um, there, we're we're going to talk about what what you're snobby about. What are you snobby about? We'll do... <laughs> um, and uh, actually, people's lives who were ruined by winning the lottery is another uh, another thing we're going to jump into. Uh, we always play back some classic Johnny Carson. You can watch the Johnny Carson show every night on Antenna TV, and I highly recommend it because it's so great. And um, we always play back some classic Carson. And uh, sometimes it's uh, stand-up, sometimes it's uh, sketches, sometimes it's an interview. Uh, We're going to listen to, at 2.30 when we play it back, Park Ranger Gus Grungy. (laughs) So that's Johnny as Park Ranger Gus Grungy. Ah, yes. Well, there you go. Classic Johnny Carson right there. Uh, Unsold Guinness is being used to fertilize Christmas trees. I have no idea what that means. Are we talking the stout? Guinness the stout? Guinness the stout. Is fertilizing Christmas trees? Yes. Uh, they have an abundance of stale beer because they, you know, all these bars are closed, all these pubs are closed, mm-hmm. but uh, they have found a way to use it. Well, that's good. Yeah. It'll, it'll come to roost, as it were, this uh, holiday season, but they have found wow. a way to use that stale beer to help fertilize Christmas trees. How do you discover that? My guess is that do, some guy... How does that get discovered? Some guy stumbled out of a pub in Ireland, glass of Guinness in hand, mm-hmm. and he was complaining to the to the barkeep saying oh it was no good. That's a stale pint of Guinness, so he kicks him out. And while he's out there, glass of Guinness in hand, stumbles over and uh, pours it onto a Christmas tree. And I don't know, six months later, it's a really good Christmas tree. So this is this is the story you're going with. I I like to think so. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that as fact nor fiction, but I like to have my little my little it's, thoughts. My it's, little it's, it's 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 really it's a, what a strange thing. Unsold Guinness being used to fertilize Christmas trees. Wow, that's very strange. I've consumed a lot of Guinness in in my when I was a drinking man. Lots of Guinness, especially when I was in Ireland. That's all I drank because I think it was a requirement, right? I thought it was a requirement that I was in Ireland, so all I all I drank was um, all I drank was Guinness and Jameson. Is that what came out of the taps in your, in I, your hotel room? I drank a lot when we were in Ireland, except for uh, oh, wait a minute! I th- there was a, there was actually a pub that we went to, and I can't remember what part of Ireland where they didn't have Guinness. They had, um, what's the other stout? Boddington's? No. Um, Smithick's? No. That's not a stout. It isn't? I don't is think so. Ale? Yeah. I don't know. There was another stout. There was a, there's another, there's another one. Uh, there's another Irish stout. I mean, there's a million Irish stouts. Aren't there? Yeah. But I mean, what this one is like, if you don't have Guinness, you have this. And I can't remember the name of it. Maybe someone knows. Murphy's? There it is. Murphy's stout. That's it. Yeah. Yep, so it, it, there was a pub that actually, there was a pub in Ireland, can you believe this? Did not have Guinness. They probably ran out, they were fertilizing their Christmas that's, that's exactly what was happening. They had they had Murphy's. And I was like, what? I was just, because I, I had to drink Murphy's. Which I is fine. I believe this, no, Murphy's Stout is good. I believe this was um the Thin Lizzy bar. Where there was nothing but Thin Lizzy pictures everywhere, like floor to ceiling everywhere, except the back room was dedicated to Rory Gallagher. So, the, <laughs> so anyway, well, we'll get to well. That's a strange story. Fertilizing Christmas trees. That's not a that's not a headline that you read a lot, that you expect to read. Stale Guinness used to fertilize Christmas trees. what what, what kind of world are we living in now? So, hey, listen, coming up in just a couple of minutes we're going to talk with uh, Mickey Sudo. She is a champion competitive eater. She's number 1 ranked female competitive eater. She's currently ranked number 6 of the top 50 competitive eaters by Major League Eating. 6-time Nathan's Hot Dog uh, eating contest winner in the women's competition and she is um she's going to comp- compete um this this uh, this coming weekend. Uh, she's got some very impressive records here. Uh, and I just, I, I, I don't know how people can be competitive eaters. <laughs> but she is one, and we're going to uh, get the scoop from her. And that's all coming up. 312 981 7200 is the phone number. You can call the Team Hochberg phone line. And uh, yeah, Herb Weissbaum's is going to join us. We'll talk consumer issues and much, much more. So uh, if you want to jump in at any time, 312 981 7200. Hundred, so Mickey Sudo. Tom, could you ever be a competitive eater? Um, I'd be willing to give it a shot. I don't think I'd be that good at it. Something tells me. You see the competitive eaters? They're they're quite svelte. That's pretty, the thing. They're in good shape. What's the Joey Chestnut? Joey Chestnut. He like weighs one hundred and forty pounds. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't understand Part, it. And I who's, think he the, runs. Which, who's the who's the who's the little Asian guy? Oh, Kobayashi. Yeah. What does he weigh? A hundred. I don't know. And he's shoving 50 hot dogs in his face? I, I, yeah. I mean, you got Joey Chestnut. I'm more like Joey Bag of Donuts. You know? <laughs> I had Joey Chestnut on the show a few years back. He's a good guest. He's a good guy, and he's nuts. He's nuts. So, um, Mickey Sudo, coming up right after a break here, and we're going to talk about uh, championship competitive eating. All right. Hello. Nick Degilio here on 720 WGN, and we are live in the Skyline studio. Uh, here until four and it is a uh t- it's tuesday right it's a tuesday morning and um herb Weisbaum is going to join us he is our consumer man and uh he's a consumer reporter for K- a- komo and checkbook.org and he uh, will help with any consumer uh questions that you have or concerns and we'll talk about some of the consumer news uh, coming up hey what are you snobby about we're going to talk about that uh so a guy was arrested for swimming in a in a bass pro shop fish tank which i just don't uh understand we'll talk about, about that too uh our number is 312-981-7200 uh, but we want to start off uh here with our first guest is um mickey sudo she's a champion competitive eater which I always find fascinating. We got the July 4th, Nathan, uh, That hot, it's, it's happening, right, Tom? I mean, obviously, it's going to be like safe. It's going to be distance and all that stuff, but it is happening. Yeah, it will be happening. Okay. Um, so, uh, uh, Mickey is a, a champion competitive eater. She's currently ranked number six of the top 50 competitive eaters in major league eating, by major league eating. Number one ranked female competitive eater, six-time Nathan Hot Dog Eating Contest winner, women's competition. She holds many other records that we're going to get into. Um, so let's welcome Mickey uh, to the show. Hi, Mickey. Thanks so much for having
1: me. Oh, no, it's my, How's it going?
0: it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. How did you get into competitive eating?
1: Um, I've always... Loved food, um, but I only discovered that I had a big appetite in my first year in college. I had a really limited dining plan, so I could only swipe into the cafeteria like so many times per week. So I had to make every visit really count and eat like three meals <laughs> a day, three meals yeah for that day in one meal. Um, so, that, but then uh, you know later in life, I came across the restaurant challenge. They were offering fifteen hundred dollars for finishing twelve pounds of Vietnamese
2: noodle soup.
1: Some of my friends. You know, I'd gone in and tried and failed, um, and I just thought, you know, that's an awesome and super fun way to just make some easy money, and um, nobody expected me to collect the jackpot, but I did, and uh, the restaurant put me on a billboard right off the Las Vegas Strip. Wow. So that grew all sorts of weird attention and snowballed into a life of its own. Here we are today.
0: There it is. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that really is amazing. Uh, I want to talk about some of the records Um and, um, and you know, you end up, you, you lived in Japan for a while. What was that like for you? you were growing up.
1: Good. Um We lived in Japan from the time I was four to the time I was around 11, almost 12. And then we moved to Hawaii. But yeah, I grew up in Japan. Um, yeah, my sister and I grew up speaking Japanese. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's why I enjoy all sorts of food and I yeah. still love traveling to this day. Um, Yeah, I don't know.
0: Okay. All right. Now, it says here that you actually competed in sumo competitions when you were eight. Oh,
1: God. That hasn't come up in an interview in a while. But, yeah, that was my first (laughs) random competitive sport. I think I was in the second grade in Japan. And I don't know, whatever the the division, whatever weight class or grade level division I was in, I got second place in, like, the district or something. Wow. Uh, Yeah. I kept that trophy until I swear I lost my thought. I was probably eighteen, and I don't know where you know where it ended up. It's just like gone now. But that would be that would be awesome to have. Yeah, like, that's pretty. That's that's, ends, so.
0: that's pretty interesting. But you've, you've you've led a pretty interesting life, there, Mickey. Mickey.
1: So no, I mean, it just seems like all par for the course. You know, today I had um. You know, today I started my morning off with some cardio. You know, work off some extra calories that COVID fifteen, and then I went back and I you know got. Well, we cleaned up, and I had some interviews, and then I did a photo shoot, and then I, there was a news crew that came by while my boyfriend and I ate 50 hot dogs each. I, it was just, I mean, isn't that a normal day for everybody? Yeah,
0: that sounds completely normal. <laughs> that sounds completely, completely normal. Uh, so you've been, uh, you, how many times have you competed in the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating contest?
1: Uh, since 2014, so I've won every year uh, that I've participated in it. So wow. 2014, yeah, this has been six years counting so in a few days i'll be going for my seventh belt
0: tell me about uh, tell me about what the experience of being part of the nathan's hot dog eating contest is like what's it, i mean it's got to be crazy right
1: oh my gosh and you know up until last year i was saying you know it wouldn't be the fourth of july if i weren't standing on stage at coney island in front of tens of thousands of screaming fans while eating hot dogs yeah. and i think that until you know about a week and a half ago that was the reality that it was very much a reality that we weren't going to have the 4th of July hot dog eating contest. So, I mean, you know, I've always said Coney Island's like my home on that day. Yeah. Um, you know, sure. I was born in New York and I did my first year of college in New York, but you know, I, I feel so tied to, uh, just to Coney Island because that's, it's not just where I go every year. It's just a, competitive meetings kind of become my identity at this point, And that's the Super Bowl of competitive eating. So, um, yeah, no, being in Coney Island is, is everything to me. It's, it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely been a huge part of my life and that, you know, winning's great and all that. But, I mean, along the way, I picked up the love of my life. I mean, two years ago on July 4th, I met Nick Weary, who's also a competitive eater, ranked number eight, um, you know, and...
0: So you're <laughs> and both both—you're your both competitive eaters? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah,
1: and now we just live a, a, a largely normal life, but um, on the circuit we compete against each other, and you know, how does that? How, fun, how does, how does do that? People.
0: How does that work? You guys compete against each other. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that.
1: Uh, it's a lot of fun for the most part. We get to practice and train, and it makes every win you know just that much more rewarding. And it's really nice to have somebody who can relate to all the stresses and ups and downs that come with the competitive eaters routine that's fun um last year we were actually really close in terms of performance like i beat him by half a street taco in one contest and the next week he beat me by half of bratwurst so,
2: <laughs> so,
1: so we get to go back and forth and uh, that's what makes it even more fun not only can we relate we're actually really close in terms of ability
0: Well, tell me about so. first of all tell me about major league eating what's major league eating
1: so, Major League Eating is the organization, or I guess the governing body, that um, sanctions all of our events. Um, they're the ones who, you know, make sure the sponsors' needs are met, that the brands well taken care of, that the eaters eat under safe and, you know, mainly safe conditions. Um, I generally yeah, say ideal because what's really ideal about eating you know, hot dogs for ten minutes in blistering sun.
2: Yeah,
3: but
1: um, they're the ones who make sure that all the media requirements are met, that you know, sponsors are taken care of, eaters are eating under safe conditions, that the crowd has a good time, um, and then they do the ranking too. And then there's fun guys in the straw hats that do the MCing. So there's a lot of um, on-stage stuff that they do, and a lot of behind-the-scenes things that they do.
0: That sounds so, great. Uh, what's the yeah. what is the competitive eating circuit like? And it, and it, and it goes does it go year round?
1: Uh, it's year round in that we don't have any designated breaks, but all of our events are you know, clustered around the warmer months because they're typically held outdoors. Right. So you'll see a lot of events that run, you know, from April through October. There's some outliers, but definitely the busiest months are going to be your May June, July, August. And what kind of? So we're in the height of competitive eating season, and uh, you know we're all itching to compete again.
0: And and so so uh, uh, so that's the whole season. It's it, it, it's usually just around the summer months or the warmer months.
1: Pretty much. I mean, but, you know, uh, I think the earliest contest that I've done is a February uh, chili cook-off in Orlando that was held a number of years in a row. Uh, I've done, I want to say, yeah, into December they have a shrimp cocktail eating contest in Indianapolis uh, as part of the uh what is it the Big Ten
2: conference?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh so, um sorry the exact sports uh event surrounding it kinda of, skips my mind but uh yeah in the, in the height of winter, in the middle of winter they'll hold a turn cocktail eating contest outdoors. So um that's freezing. So there are definitely events year round. Just most of them are yeah in the warmer months.
0: Um so um, the the major league eating they do the they do the uh rankings as well, you said.
1: They do, yeah. And um sorry I just didn't mention we have contests all across the country. Um and sometimes we will have an event now and again internationally, which is those are a lot of fun too. Um but they hold events all across the country and um yeah, throughout the year and people can sign up. Of course red eaters are given priority. Um
0: but yeah. How do, uh, uh, really quick how do you, how does one become a competitive eater
1: uh i mean that's a path to it i guess and some people just like calling themselves competitive eaters because they want to you know give themselves some <laughs> some i don't know a cool sounding nickname um but i would say to be a legitimate competitive eater take it seriously you probably have to make a decent amount of money and for that you have to compete against other
2: people yeah
1: people who just Compete against themselves Eating large portions At restaurants In front of the camera um, Are entertainers In their own right I guess uh, But yeah no. Competitive eaters Compete at, at, You know Against other people So yeah. sign up for a contest Maybe you know Get your feet wet By doing restaurant challenges If you have a, a Knack for it But sure. you know Really put your money Where your mouth is And go get Best for all your... Sign up at com, And you'll find us At the table with uh, yeah. To find yourself At the table with us
0: Did you really just say Put your money Where your mouth is? <laughs> <laughs> I did not last <laughs> Okay, hang on, hang on, Mickey. Uh, Mickey Sudo is with us. Uh, she is a champion competitive eater, and she's got some insane records. And uh, we're going to talk more about it. Uh, uh, and, and you know, upcoming July fourth is going to be the Nathan's uh, hot dog eating contest, and she'll be there. 312-981-7200 is the phone number on WGN. Hey, it's Nick DiGilio on seven twenty WGN. We are live in the Skyline studio here until 4, as we are every uh, weekday, night into morning. Um, and uh, we are going to be talking with our good friend Herb, the consumer man, Weisbaum, who will help you out with any of your consumer questions or concerns. And we'll talk about consumer news as well. Um, we're going to talk about uh, what are you snobby about? So we'll, and uh, people whose lives were ruined by winning the lottery. So lots of other uh, topics here uh, on 720 WGN. 312-981-7200. That's the number. Uh, Mickey Sudo is my uh, my guest. She is a, a champion competitive eater. And uh, we're coming up on the Nathan's Hot Dog. Uh, now how are they going to do it this year?
1: Um, so there are going to be a bunch of things that are different this year. We're not going to be competing in front of a crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to be competing under all sorts of – different social distancing guidelines. So um, we're going to be at least six feet apart. There, the number of people per room is going to be limited. So um, I'm trying to envision what this top secret, you know, uh, climate-controlled venue might look like. But from what I understand, you can, you can only have so many people, and that's competitors, uh, EMTs, cameramen included, mm. uh, play, you know, spaced out strategically. I don't know. Long and short of it, I just need to eat the hot dogs in front of me, and that's all that you know that I have to be concerned with at that moment. Um it's gonna really it's going to be different not being able to you know feed off the crowd,
2: right? You know,
1: it, it, there's a there's a certain level of energy that you know people bring to the table when you know when they're screaming your name. Uh, oh. I, so I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, I keep reminding myself on the upside, we're going to be indoors. I'm not going to be under you know the blistering heat. Um, you know with a billion percent humidity yeah um yeah that's so gonna be all it's gonna be a little bit different uh because of the social distancing guidelines the field's limited. did so there are only going to be six men competing and the women's contest has had women um which doesn't really affect me in terms of competition a whole lot uh unfortunately the number two ranked female michelle lesko who's also my great friend um, in real life, um, is not going to be able to join us at the table because she lives in Arizona, and because of quarantine restrictions, she's not going to make it to New York. And oh. to that end. Yeah, so it, it, that's a bummer. You know, I'm not going to have the, that girl. The girl who's been pushing me for all these years. Yeah. I'm really just going to have to dig deep and really look to break that world record, you know, on my own, without a crowd and without anybody really, you know, without the girl who's been coming in second place all these years.
0: Yeah. Wow, and oh, you just mentioned that she's a really good friend of yours. What's the uh, mm-hmm. is, is, what, competitive eating uh, world? Are you guys all? Do you guys all know each other? Are you all friends?
1: For the most part, um, at least in, in terms of major league eaters, I'd okay, so because you know there are only so many contests on the circuit every year, and the same people tend to go after the prize money. So we'll we'll cross paths. Not everybody gets along. We're not all best friends, but. You have some really strong alliances. You have some great friendships. You have relationships like you know mine and Nick's that developed from Major League Eating, Uh, and then you've got memories and personality types that just don't mesh.
0: Um, What's what's, what? How how do you (laughs) say people don't like him? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How do you how do you prepare for the for the for the contest?
1: So my practice and preparation is twofold. I really like going into big events. Um, feeling physically fit and what I consider my fighting weight. And that's not a a hard and fast number. I just like competing, feeling light and lean. Like I could, you know, maybe jog around the block a few times without getting winded. Um, So I like to do a lot of cardio in the morning. Again, you know, I live with a personal trainer, so I take advantage of that once in a while, the lift weight. Yeah. Uh, And then the other part of that is practicing with food. Like today was my third and final practice. With hot dogs, and that's every bit as fun as it sounds. Yeah, you cook up ten minutes worth of hot dogs, you eat for ten minutes, and then you clean up. So assess your performance. That's um, it. Yeah. So yeah, and luckily, again, I've got practicing partners, sparring partner, yeah. right here in my own household. So I, you know, I've got all the tools that I need right here at my fingertips. I'm pretty lucky.
0: And um, so some of the other foods that you've eaten, uh, I've got here. <laughs> this is this one here. I can't. I can't even imagine this. You ate. Eight and a half pounds of kimchi. Oh, I love that one! <laughs> right here, right here in this city, in Chicago, at the Chicago Korean yeah, Festival. Korean Festival. And you did mm-hmm. it! You did it in six minutes. What? What? What?
1: Yeah, I'm surprised it was a six minute contest. Uh, yeah, no, I love kimchi. Uh, it, but then again, it's it's meant to be eaten as a side dish or as a topping. It's not a it's not something that you ram down your throat by the pound. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I guess my you know. I, I like him that probably helped me through the event. But also it was just a really great time. Um I remember that event well and that victory was even more sweet because Sonia Thomas uh really thought that she had that that victory in the bag that day. Um just to get to the beat her at something that she kinda took for she kinda took that win for granted, um, was pretty nice.
0: Yeah. I love kimchi, too. I don't know if I could eat eight and a half pounds of it, though. Uh, I, I,
1: wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it, no. <laughs>
0: uh, what about this? Ice cream, short form, 16 and a half pints of vanilla ice cream at the Indiana State Fair in six minutes.
1: Yeah, that that's a, that's another one that's hard for me to to wrap my head around. Um, and I was full, but I was, more, it was, I was more concerned because my body temperature just seemed to fall through, uh, I don't know, I just dropped out of nowhere and uh,
2: yeah. I
1: needed to drink some coffee to warm up really quickly. I was kind of worried about that. Yeah. But that was a fun event. I think, um, I don't know, that's when your, your personal, <laughs> I, I think I, I just really didn't want to lose to the guy who was uh, getting for second place. Uh. When your, like, personal feelings can just, you know, push, give you that extra edge.
2: Right.
0: Right,
1: and that's when you know you, when your your dislike for losing um, is even stronger than your affinity for winning.
0: Did you uh, did you get a did you get a uh, um, the old free brain freeze when you uh... <laughs>
1: brain freeze? But I felt like my sides were twitching after the contest. Is that like, right? A little bit, yeah. I know. God,
0: 16 and a half pints of ice cream. I can't even. Wow. Yeah, from
1: what I understand, as long as you don't let the roof of your mouth chill. You could avoid brain freeze. I'm not sure if there's any truth to that, or I was just too busy thinking about other things. Because yeah. Was about yeah. brain
0: freeze. But. Do you have any yeah. other? Do you have any other favorite uh, competitions that you uh, that you appeared in?
1: Uh, just to round out the world records, I also ate 14 pounds of wild rice hot dish casserole in Minnesota. Like a creamy rice, I don't know, like the consistency of mashed potatoes almost. Um, that was another world record and a lot of fun.
0: 14 pound. 14 pounds. Yeah,
1: that was really fun because I, I think I, I beat some people that people didn't, I beat some competitors that people didn't expect me to to win against. So that was a surprise victory mm. um, on one of that. Um, and then on the sweet side, I've done Able Stevers, which are these Danish pancake balls. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoy chicken wings and baby back ribs. Oh, I, I, I bet. Can bet. You can eat a lot without getting really full.
0: Yeah. Ch- chicken know. wings. How many? What's so your what's your what's your record for chicken wings?
1: Um, my record for chicken wings, uh, two ten I think is two, what I did. Two
0: hundred and ten chicken wings.
1: Uh, 215, sorry, two hundred and fifteen. My these numbers are being set to me right now. Uh, two hundred and fifteen, and that was in Lake Tahoe at the Hooters World Wing 80 Championship. But you know, I think that was only good for fifth place. It was only good for fifth place. Wow. So that, that was a stacked field. Yeah. So um, it wasn't wasn't my day.
0: Wow, uh, this is just uh, amazing to me. So you're looking forward to I me. Mean, it's going to be a little bit weird because it's going to be so different on the fourth. But you're still looking forward to downing those hot dogs, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. And personally, I feel like I'm going to have my best year yet. I've been doing this for six years, but um, I feel like I'm going in happier and healthier and more focused than ever.
2: Yeah. So um,
1: I I don't doubt that. I'm definitely going to do better than last year. 31 was pretty embarrassing. It was enough to win, but that was not um, my proudest moment. Um, (laughs) I'm confident that I'm going to best my personal best. I'm going to be better than my personal best of 41 in 10 minutes. And I think I'm going to be toppling the world record of 45 in 10
0: minutes. Is minutes, uh, is, Is your boyfriend competing as well?
1: He's not going to be competing again because of the limited stage. They could only pick, oh, I um, see. Okay, six people, yeah. six guys, and if it were strictly based on performance, he'd be there. But there are a lot of factors that went into sure. the yeah, the, yeah, the selection.
0: Yeah, that um, makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, listen, I, listen, Mickey. It was so much fun talking to you, um, and, and congratulations on all the records. And I wish you the best of luck on uh, the fourth.
1: Thank you so much. I'd you... love to follow up after I get my seven films.
0: There you go. You got a, Do you have a website that people can check out?
1: Not yet. I should probably set one up. But they can follow me on social media at, um, well, my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Mickey Sudo. Uh, Nick and I put up a lot of joint content 10 pound sushi rolls, 20 pound Sunday, stuff like that. <laughs> um, and on social media, my handle is at OMG. It's Mickey.
0: Okay. And that's M I K I. Correct. That's right. Okay, Mickey, it was a real pleasure. Best of luck to you on the fourth, okay? Okay. Thanks for having me. Okay. Take care. Wow. 14 pounds of wild rice hot dish in eight minutes. Eight and a half pounds of kimchi in six minutes. 16 and a half pints of vanilla ice cream in six minutes. I can't. I can't. I can't even. And she wants to break her personal record at Nathan's with 41 hot dogs. 41. You're a big guy. Can you eat 41 hot dogs? You know, I, I can't say I've ever tried. I can't say I've ever tried. Yeah. But you know what? I think I should try to follow in Mickey's footsteps. It's just nuts. It's just a, it's so much fun, though. It's so much fun. I'm glad they're still doing it. It's going to be weird, and it's going to be different this year, but I'm glad that, that, that they're still doing it. It's a tradition. You can't have a 4th of July without the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. You must. Yeah. You must have it. God, that's funny. Uh, okay, we're going to break here, and uh, we want to talk about uh, best competitive eating competitions. We're going to do that when we get back here on 720 WGN. All right. Nick Degilio here on 720 WGN. Uh, coming up after midnight, our good buddy Herb Weissbaum is going to join us. He's the consumer man. You can check out consumerman.com. We'll talk about the latest consumer news and take any and all of your questions and concerns that are consumer-related. 312 981 7200. That's our number, and Herb will join us after 12. He joins us once a month to cover all the consumer issues that are out there. Uh, so, eating competitions. There's more than just the one, you know, the Nathan's. There's a lot more, obviously. We just heard from Mickey about uh, some of the more unusual ones. Um,. You've probably heard of competitive eating, those food challenges in which people consume ungodly amounts as fast as they can, battling it out for cash, uh, prizes as high as $10,000. These challenges span the globe. They're broadcast on ESPN. And it's just about anything can be consumed. They also have history. In a story from the 1400s, notes Eater, a Nordic man enters an eating competition with a god. Ooh. By the way, if you've ever if you have ever been in an eating competition. We, we let's let's hear from you. 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200 if you've ever been in a, a part of an eating competition. Um in uh, the 1700s poet James Taylor wrote of the great eater of Kent whom Atlas Obscura reports ate some 60 eggs. A good what is, is a cool hand Luke. 60 eggs, a good portion of lamb, and a handful of pies, and a meal that left him hungry for more. you got to be kidding me. (laughs) As for today's competitions, food is supplied by organizers, and participants typically register via Major League Eating's website. The organization that oversees all professional eating competitions usually entry is free. Competitive eaters, like the surprisingly slim 24-year-old YouTube star Matt Stoney, told GQ that when he's gearing up for a competition, he'll eat anywhere from 10,000 to 22,000 calories a day. Good Lord. In a 2015 interview with GQ, Joey Chestnut, the top-ranked eater in the world, said he only binges on solid food once every five days when he's in practice mode. Now, sport does come with a set of risks, like asphyxiation, which has killed several competitive eaters. What? Really? Wow. As well as morbid obesity, gastric ruptures, and eating disorders. Uh, but you don't need to be a professional eater to enjoy competitions. So here are some of them. The Vaughn... Pizza Fest World Pizza Eating Contest. At the Vaughn Pizza Fest World Pizza Eating Contest in Woodbridge, Ontario, competitors feast on as many personal pizzas as possible in record time. At the third annual event, which took place in July of 2018, Jeff Esper broke a world record by eating 19.25 9 inch personal pizzas within 10 minutes. Um, his prize for devouring those mini pizzas supplied by Pie Wood Fired Pizza Joint was four thousand dollars cash and free pizza. Not too shabby. Uh, it's inconclusive what, if any, toppings made it to the pies. Uh, world, how about this? The World uh, Poutine Eating Cost uh, Championship. Major league eaters from all over the world head to Toronto for this annual competition to see how much of the popular Quebec dish consisting of French fries topped with cheese, curds, and gravy that they can consume. Uh, 2017's poutine-eating winner, Carmen Sincati, the number two eater in the world, ate a little over 20, 20 pounds of poutine in 10 minutes. Taking, now look, poutine is delicious, but 20 pounds in 10 minutes? Taking home a $6,000 prize. Um, uh, according to Smoke's Poutine, since it began in 2016, the event helped raise more than $100,000 in donations which support friends of We Care in sending children with disabilities to summer camp. Oh, that's nice. Man, is, that's... There, is there anywhere to get poutine in the city? You know, that's a good question. I've I've only had it in Canada. I've never had it. I've never had it in America. I don't wonder if there is poutine available. I mean, it's not like it's difficult to make, right? French fries, cheese curds, gravy. You know, but I feel like there's got to be some sort of special gravy. You know, you can't just put any gravy on there. Yeah, there has got to be poutine gravy or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> what about the uh, La Castaña jalapeno eating contest? Yeah. The thought of eating one jalapeno is enough to make my eyes water. Imagine eating 265. 265 jalapenos. Molly Schiller won a $1,500 grand prize for doing just that in 2018 at the Jalapeno Festival's Jalapeno Eating Contest in Laredo, Texas. Listen, $1,500 is not enough money because you eat 265 jalapenos, you're going to have some issues the next day, like some serious issues. <laughs> Fifteen hundred dollars—that's not—I wouldn't you know. No. How about the St. Elmo Shrimp Cocktail Eating uh, Championship? What, does Rob Lowe serve the uh, the shrimp cocktail? Joey Chestnut won this annual shrimp cocktail eating competition in 2017, beating out nine other eaters for a grand prize of $1,500. According to RTV6, the professional eater earned his fifth win by downing 10 pounds and 6.4 ounces of shrimp cocktail, including the sauce, all at once. The Indianapolis-based competition has its contestants eat their shrimp with St. Elmo's cocktail sauce which is famous for being exceptionally spicy. (laughs) This Joey Chestnut guy's nuts. Uh, How about uh, the World's Ice Cream Eating Championship? At the weeks-long Indiana State Fair in Indianapolis, visitors can feast on fair concessions, interact with farm animals, and witness the World's Ice Cream Eating Championship, where competitors try to eat as much ice cream as humanly possible. Jeff Esper won the latest competition last August eating 15.5 pints of vanilla ice cream in 6 minutes. Now wait, now what what did uh what did Mickey she did 16, didn't she do 16 pints? Or four? no 14. 14 and a half pints. No, 16 and a half pints of vanilla ice cream. That's more than this guy. Yeah, at the Indiana State Fair in 6 minutes. 6 minutes. That's more than this guy. 6 minutes this guy did 15.5 Amateur hour over there. Wow, let's get let get Mickey back. You know, and they won, and they won four thousand dollars. You know, I forgot to ask her how much money she's made because of these competitions. Well, it, it appears to be enough to you know be comfortable. You know that sort of thing. I guess. Yeah. Is that weird to ask a a professional athlete how much they make? Uh you know, I mean it's it's open to the public. I mean, not everybody's salary is open to the public, but prizes are. When you enter a contest, you know you know how much you're you're going to win. All right, now here's one I can get behind: Berkwood Farms Bacon Eating Contest at the Keystone Bacon and Bourbon Festival in Keystone, Colorado. Visitors can find bacon sampling station, concerts, and most important, the the Berkwood Farms Bacon Eating Contest. The bacon eating competition is still going strong. It began in 2008. Uh, But the latest champ was Matt Weiss, a relatively new competitive eater. He was crowned the gold skillet winner uh, after he ate a full pound of bacon supplied by Birkwood Farms. Um, See, Weiss, who is on the high-fat, low-carb keto diet, diet, told Des Moines Register that He can eat bacon pretty much whenever he wants because it's the perfect ratio of fats and protein with no carbs. Yeah, but I feel like that's going to drive your cholesterol up. Yeah. You might want to know your numbers on that one. I I don't know if I'm impressed by just a pound of bacon. I got to say. Would you? Could you? I might be able to eat a pound of bacon. Yeah. I, I feel that I would be sick afterwards. I would definitely be sick. I remember when we went up to um, to visit my at my my uh, my second ex wife's family, and um, I have you know for the for we and this was for we were there for Christmas. This was you know like back in two thousand five, and it was up in Michigan, and so uh, it was my ex wife, her brother, and mother and father. And then me. So there were five of us. Okay. Her mother made more bacon than I've ever seen in my life. Like there was a giant platter of bacon in the middle of the table, like stacks of it. And we devoured it. But it was the, that seriously is the most bacon I've ever seen in my life was was when when she she, my ex-mother-in-law prepared it. Have you tried turkey bacon? Yes, I have. What's your take? It's not a pig. <laughs> Just no? Big no on the turkey bacon? Well, it's fine. It's okay. But it's not bacon. You know? Bacon, man. Bacon is pig. It's from a magical animal. That's right. <laughs> a special male? Oh, yeah, sure, Lisa. From a special magical animal.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, the National Harbor, oh come on! This is okay. This one, this one's a little disgusting. The National Harbor World Peeps Eating Championship, no, no. National Harbor World Peeps uh, Eating Championship began in 2016. Despite its newness, many of the world's highest-ranking eating competitors, including Carmen Cincotti and Gideon Og. Numbers two and six, respectively, have turned up to the Maryland event. At the inaugural competition, Matt Stoney ate two. God, 200 peeps in five minutes, setting a world record. Uh, And then in 2017, he beat his own record by eating 255 peeps. I can't imagine eating one peep. But how about the World Pie Eating Championship? Always makes me think of Stand By Me. Whenever, whenever there's, like, a pie-eating... <laughs> uh, unlike most eating competitions at the UK-based World Pie Eating Championship, competitors must only consume one thing, a single pie. Oh, it's a beef and potato pie. That's what it is. So it's a pasty. Uh, it's a, the, the, the meat and potato-filled pies measure four inches in diameter and one inch in depth. Whoever eats the pie fastest receives a free lunch at Harry's Bar where the competition takes place and the Bradley Piggins Cup which is likely a nod to British cyclist and sports personality Bradley Wiggins with a cheeky meat oriented spin Martin Appleton Clare oh that's a British name that is a British name it's probably followed by Esquire or the third Martin Appleton Clare won the competition for the third year in a row, eating his pie in 32 seconds flat. Vicki Lindley won the women's competition, devouring her pie in 30 seconds. <laughs> um, Acme Oyster Eating World Championship. This ev- event takes place at the New Orleans Oyster Festival in Louisiana. And witnessing it must be like watching a culinary horror movie. You'll be scared, you'll be amused... And you'll be so relieved when it's over. Competitive eater, newcomer Darren Breeden won the competition and a beautiful oyster belt, which is a belt adorned with fake oysters, by consuming 480 oysters supplied by the Acme Oyster House in just one sitting. 480 oysters. Oh, man. All right, well, there you go. Some eating competitions we get a break here. Uh, news is coming up, and then Herb, the consumer man, Weissbaum, will join us. Nick Degilio here on 720 WGN. Live in the Skyline studio. We are here until 4 o'clock. Um, coming up at uh, 2.30, we play some. always play back some classic Johnny Carson. You can watch the Johnny Carson show every night on Antenna TV, and we're going to get a visit from park ranger Gus Grungy. <laughs> we're also going to talk about people whose lives were ruined by winning the lottery. Um and uh unsold Guinness is being used to fertilize trees. One of the few weird stories that uh are out there this morning. Um uh, Herb Weissbaum, he's uh, the Consumer Man. You can check out consumerman.com. He joins us um once a month to talk about consumer issues and answer your questions and concerns. And uh, the phone lines are open. You can call the Team Hochberg phone line at 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. And um, we'll, uh, uh, Herb will help you out. If you've got any consumer issues or you're worried about a scam or something along those lines, Herb is here to help. So let's say hello to Herb.
5: Hello, Herb. Hi, hey, Nick. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Very well. I know you're on Central Time, but this is still June, so this is my second appearance of the month. So I owe you one for July. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's still it's all bro- I just my, every feng shui is all wrong here tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's still
0: it's still June here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so uh, Herb, uh, let's let's hear about the consumer man.
5: Sure, uh, I write on the uh, uh, contributing editor to Checkbook.org, an organization, a nonprofit organization that uh, publishes magazines and ratings for local businesses in seven cities, including the Chicagoland area. Uh, it's sort of like a local consumer reports. Uh, that's a great value to people. I'm also the consumer reporter at KOMO Radio, uh, where I've been for uh, 17 years. I used to be a correspondent for CBS News and uh, NBC's Today Show, and my goal in life is simply to root out the bad guys, alert you to the scams and the ripoffs, and try to save you money i run a website called consumerman.com where i post all my stories no advertising no nothing just to make the information available to you and if you go there and want to sign up for my newsletter as many of nick's audience do after the show every uh, every appearance uh you'll get a free newsletter for me every month where you'll hear what i'm doing and you'll even get a podcast of this broadcast from the nick show
0: there you go so that's herb that's herb uh Weisbaum uh at uh, 312-981-7200 uh if you if you have any consumer related questions or concerns or you worried about scams or anything like that herb can help you out 312-981-7200 so herb how you holding up during the pandemic here
5: well, I'm just staying inside and trying to keep my head low. You know, this our state is going up a little bit, but it's not in the Seattle area. It's basically in the central part of the state where there's a lot of agriculture, and they've been having a really hard time uh, keeping everybody separated out there. You know, the living conditions, which are not the greatest for the migrant workers that come, and they're all in sort of the same cabins and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're doing The factories of the apples and the cherries and all that. So that's been rough. Um, and then we got this whole, uh, you know, downtown situation where a couple of blocks of downtown are still being held by, uh, what a lot of people are now saying are not protesters anymore, but just people who need to move along with their lives and great deal of frustration between the people who live there and the police chief who wants to take the police precinct back and the mayor who wants to give them more time. We had another murder last night and, uh, you know, it's been like six shootings or something like that in the last couple of days. It's like lawlessness because the cops aren't there and the cops won't go in there, uh, and and neither will the fire department or the rescue, I mean unless there's a burning a building on fire. Um so it's kind of a very crazy situation and everybody's watching it going, How is this gonna end? But with a feeling that it needs to end and it's not really you know, this is not what the Black Lives Matter movement, my personal opinion, is about. There's lots of protests going on in the city. A lot of people are speaking. A lot of things are happening. But just uh, occupying a couple of blocks in downtown where it was literally like people were coming and taking selfies. It was like a Burning Man or something, and they were they were doing you know street food and et cetera. That's not what this movement is about. It's much more important and deeper than that. And uh, I think it's going to be settled hopefully in the next few days. But I'm not sure it won't be settled out a great deal of rest and some... Uh, I don't know a little bit of mayhem before it happens. Some people vow they simply won't leave.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's been you know it's been rough uh, all the way all the way around the world you know, um, and you know uh, so we're dealing with this pandemic here in Chicago, and the next five days we're going to have over ninety degree weather and rain.
5: Yeah. I know. And, and uh, I, you know, I, I've been doing a report a week for the radio station here in Seattle about COVID. I talked to one of the top uh, experts on uh, immun- uh, immunization and virology in, in the country, UC Berkeley, every single month. And, um, you know, he's just so, you know, appalled at what's going on that we, we were just, we lose our attention, our focus so quickly. This, you know, this disease isn't going away. The weather, the hot weather didn't drive it away. It's still out there. We're still all at risk. And, you know, now that the young people are not, you know, uh, invulnerable, and we're, the, the, it's going lower and lower now, You're 30 and 20, 30-degree, and 30-year-olds, uh, 40-year-olds, getting really, really ill, spreading it to their families. Sometimes those people are dying. Um, you know, um, I, I think about, I was telling my wife, I think about going to uh, Amsterdam two years ago. We were in the Anne Frank house, you know, where Anne Frank and her family yeah. lived in, like, tiny room for two years or what it was with with no tv and no internet and no mp3 player and no cds and no magazines and couldn't go to the bathroom we said like one or two times a day when nobody was in the building and you know and, and barely had to eat we got our uber eats and all this kind of stuff and we're you know we're saying we're trapped as prisoners in our homes you know we got to toughen up people this is really serious it's killing people and we got to just deal with it properly i'm sorry but that's that's really the truth yeah and one thing I learned doing this report last week is they're finding out, Nick, and this is actually important for people, is that um, if the nose has a great deal of receptors for the coronavirus, the novel coronavirus that's going around. And so while we always thought it was the mouth, uh, indications are that the nose may be the number one orifice where the virus gets into our body, if not equal to the mouth. So it's, it's really up there. The eyes are like number three. And uh, that means you have to take seriously touching your face, And also, you have to make sure you have the mask covering your nose. Yeah. Because that's a receptor, and B, if you sneeze or whatever, or cough, it comes out of your nose as well. So I see people walk around with the the thing underneath their nose. No, it's got to go over your nose as well as your mouth. Those are both ways that you can get infected or you can get other people infected. Yeah. So, uh,
0: yeah, and, and, uh, you know, the people who aren't wearing masks uh, are making me nuts. And and, um, they just, they're opening up the city a little bit more. Uh, herb here, and uh, some bars and and uh, other restaurants are are opening up, and uh, uh, there was a line of people in Wrigleyville. Um, I saw a picture of a ton of people in Wrigleyville who were waiting in line to get into a bar. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw two masks. Oh, wow! And, and I, I just I don't understand it. I I I mean, I don't, look, you know, I know a lot of people out there want to get want to go to a bar and have a couple of drinks. You know, I used to be a drinking man. I understand that, but not not now. I mean, just hold off.
5: You know, no. I, and I, I, I'm not going to sort of fight with somebody in a store, but if there's an employee, I mean, the unions out here, the the in the supermarkets made a big deal about needing PPE, and the stores have told them to wear them. And I saw a guy in the in supermarket the other day stacking the bananas, and he had no mask on. And the manager was right around the corner. I said, "Excuse me, would you please tell that guy to put his mask on?" And, you know, the manager, I could hear him give him holy hell. And then there was a manager of another store I went to, and he's standing there with a, his nose exposed, and he says, "I'll open the aisle and check your package." You know, check you out. And, no, you won't. Put the mask over your over your nose yeah. well it's uncomfortable then i'll go to another lane and by the way put the mask on you know yeah. so yeah. i mean you have to be a little bit more those of us who know that this is not a political thing this is a health thing right have to be a little bit more forceful you know right. even he said to wear a mask i mean my goodness i thought the skies were going to open up when Penn said to wear a mask today yeah
0: okay all right herb hang on okay uh herb weissbaum is with us we're going to get to some consumer stories and if you have any consumer concerns questions you're you want to want to know how you can uh uh, get get out of a scam if you've been scammed or anything like that herb is here for you to get advice and to answer any and all of your consumer related questions 312-981-7200 on wgn hello it's nick Degilio on 720 wgn live in the skyline studio and uh, we're here until four o'clock herb weissbaum joins us once a month He's our consumer guy. You can check out ConsumerMan.com. That's his website. Subscribe to his newsletter. He's here to help you out. He's here to answer your questions. He's here to give you advice. Anything consumer-related, if you have an issue or a question, it's 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. Hello, Herb. Yes, sir. All right. You're back.
5: So, well, I never really went anywhere. If You played commercials, but I was here the whole time.
0: Oh, you were so. here the whole time. Okay, yeah. that was. <laughs> you didn't go anywhere. That's true. Uh, um, let's, uh, let's talk about this, a, a, a piece that you wrote for, uh, checkbook.org, which concerns the well-known brands that criminals most often spoof in phishing attacks. Let's, let's hear about that. Help us out with that.
5: Sure. The the bad guys have a lot of ways to steal your personal information, and one of the most popular techniques, because it's simple and effective, is phishing. So let's make sure everybody understands what phishing is. This is where you get an email that comes out of the blue, and it appears to be from a reputable company or an organization and encourages you to click on a link for some reason there always is a compelling message maybe it's to get a free coupon or a gift card maybe you're getting a warning that your bank or credit card company has been compromised or promising a package is waiting for you at the warehouse and uh, you have to click on the link to get more information and when i first started reporting on phishing scams nick and i I'd actually looked it up i was the first network reporter to report on phishing scams 1997 today show wow and I, remember, I have the producer's notes here that said he has to spell the word fishing and explain why it's spelled P-H. Right. And because, you know, they're fishing for victims, but in uh, cyberspeak, they make an F of P-H. So that's why phishing, if you're looking it up, uh, folks listening, it's P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G. But, and when they first started out, they were really, they were really rudimentary. They'd copy and paste a logo. They were coming from overseas. They'd have all kind of typos. They'd have all kind of grammatical errors. It was obvious this wasn't coming from an American. They were fairly easy to spot. But these days, they are absolutely, you know, spot on. They they copy the the colors and the logo and the the wording is really good. And some of them are very sophisticated. And with the uh, avalanche of email that we get coming in every day, and now these are also in text form, which is called smishing, uh, a phishing. Yeah, it's called smishing. That's for SMS ishing. So (laughs) smishing. (laughs) Yeah, funny name, but really serious problem. Gotcha, okay. because, because you know, in our mobile devices, we tend to respond quickly, and it's a small screen, and we don't really check things out. So they love the fact that we're all walking around with mobile devices. But anyway, these things look really, really good, and what they get us to do is give them their this personal information that they can use to break into all of our accounts and do all kinds of things. So the folks at IBM X-Force Iris, that's their instant response and intelligence services, looked at all the stuff that their computers had gone through for the year, sorting out the all the uh, spam email and everything that was coming uh, through, and they found out that there are 10 brands that are targeted most often in these phishing uh, attacks. And of course, they're going to be some of the most popular brands out there because the whole goal is to get your attention. And to do that, you want to have something that's instantaneously recognized, a brand that we all know and trust. Right. So the top 10, you want to do it from uh, 10 to 1? Yeah, let's, or, so let's, go to, yeah so let's do Letterman. Let's do 10 to 1. Yeah. So number 10 is WhatsApp, number 9 is Instagram. I was surprised that Facebook was number eight. I expected that to be higher.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that seems, that seems like it,
5: it would have been higher, yeah. Seven is Microsoft. Six is Spotify. Five is Netflix. Four is Amazon. Three is Apple. And number one and number two had the bulk of all the ones that came out. I mean, a huge percentage were number two, YouTube, and number one, Google, which is the most visited platform in the world. So no real surprise about that. So that's, uh, that's the ones in order that they are using to get your attention, and you should be extra especially careful if you get something that looks like it's from one of those big companies.
0: Okay. And uh, what are they trying to do to, 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 like, authorities and things like that? What are they trying to do to, to crack down on this, if possible?
5: Well, it's really hard. I mean, there's a lot of spam filters that are looking for these things. Basically, it's you have to to protect yourself. So, so again, the goal is if you click on the link, what they're going to do is take you to a website that they've created that's going to look like a website that you're used to going to, a Google website or a YouTube website, and they're going to come up with some reason that you need to give your personal information in order to get the coupon or your account is about to expire or there's been bad activity on your credit card or whatever. They're asking you to put in personal login credentials, which you never do when you don't know where you are and you start the whole process yourself, as right. we talked about many times before. So that, that's what they're trying to do. Um, but uh, they're just you know, and then again, it, there's not a lot that the authorities can do. A lot of these things are coming from overseas um and and by the way, in the story that I put in here, in the middle of the story, there's a fishing scan uh, fishing quiz that was created by um jigsaw, which is a subsidiary of Applebet, which is a uh, Google's parent company. And I'm telling you, if you look at these things, look at it during the commercial break, um uh, you got to look really, really hard and know how to try to spot one of these things uh to to spot it, which is why. The advice I always give people is you just don't do it. If you weren't expecting something, then just don't click on a link. If you're really going to get a coupon or a special deal from a company that uh, you are uh, working, uh, that you buy from, go to, install their app. They'll give you the coupons through the app. You know it's safe. Go to their website if you're a customer or a member of the club or whatever. They'll give you the coupon that way. But, and if you do click on a link, then make sure if it's asking for any kind of information like your username and log on or any of that kind of stuff that you didn't del- you didn't specifically go there yourself that you're being transferred by clicking on a link. Um, you know, don't e- now. Of course, you click on a link, you could wind up putting malware in your computer, and that's a whole nother problem. Yeah, but this is. That's trying to get that. It's it's just something you don't do. You just have to be. You know, if you know that every month you get a, a, a email from somewhere, your kid's school, and you know the email address, and so that's fine. But then when something comes out of the blue, you know, you've got to be really really careful. And the one thing they're always stepping up their game. And I have an actually an image on in this story that was given to me by Kaspersky Labs, the uh, cybersecurity company. And this is now telling people that in order to confirm your identity, they need you to take a selfie of yourself holding up. Your driver's license and your credit card. What? And then and then take a second selfie with the car turned around on the back. Uh, it's amazing. If you go to the if you go to story on my website. Um, and people are they know people love selfies oh. and they have this very official looking. Here's how to confirm your identity page. First do this and first do that. So not only do they have your identity, but they now know what you can look like. They'd know your characteristics uh that you know that they could use in all kinds of other identity theft kind of operations maybe create fake credentials um uh, you know maybe if you have a name that's not male or female they can know what you are if they're writing something they can know if you're a blonde or a brunette or what kind of what what's going on uh, I mean it, that's like beyond bizarre, but that's how bold and brazen they are and people Man. are willing to do that because hey it's we all do selfies what's the matter with selfies Jeez. you give a lot of on selfies. That's nuts. Now, you have the AARP Fraud Watch Network tip sheet in uh, in here as well. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Oh, by the way, you know, most times when you send a selfie, you're giving geotag location. So not only are you doing all this, but you're telling the criminal where you are, because the picture <laughs> will tell them exactly where you are. Yeah. So that's reason number three why you wouldn't want to do that. So. Um, you know, just some of the basic tics, tips is again. If a lot of times, even as sophisticated as these uh, emails can, tend to be from the scammers, they don't really have your name on there. So it's like, dear customer, or dear Visa credit card holder, or dear you know Google customer, or whatever like that. Yeah. So if it, if it's really that, that's one very very fake fake language. Like there's a we're spotting a security issue or a payment issue, but they never really describe what the problem is or something like that. Anytime it's dire consequences. I mean, if you don't respond right away, it's going to be legal action or your account is going to be frozen or you're going to lose your money. I mean, you know, that's nothing a real company would do. Again, to click on a link or open the attachment and get personal information. And then again, just, uh, just really be careful of the same things that are all coming in on text. I mean, they're moving where we are. We're living on our mobile devices, so be very very careful of anything that comes in like you know, this with your with your mobile device. That's a very key way. And then again, as much as possible, and we've talked about this, turn on two-factor authentication on any of the important accounts you have. You can do it on all of your financial accounts. You can do it on your Facebook account, other social media accounts. And what that means is that if you slip up somehow and give this to a bad guy, that they can't get in until they, uh, because you have your phone or your computer where they're, where it's going to have a code that says, okay, Herb, log on to Facebook. What's that code we just sent you on your mobile device? So that's that extra backup line of security that if you do make a mistake, first of all, if, you, if you realize you did it, change your password on that account right away. And that's how you protect yourself. Oh, my God, I just did that silly thing. Go into your profile, change your, change right away, change your uh, credentials. But the second level of protection is, because we can all make a mistake, if you have that two-factor authentication, yes, it slows you down by about 6.2 seconds every time you try to log on. But it shuts them out completely and trust me, it's a lot more problem trying to fix the problem on the back end than it is to deal with the problem on the front end. So, whenever possible, try to set that up.
0: Yeah, well, you know, and uh, I, I'll, I can I can wait an extra six
5: seconds. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it, well, I mean, do you know how much time it is to get rid of all the damage these guys have done? Yeah. It could take hours, weeks, and sometimes if it's real bad identity theft, the rest of your life you'll be spending doing the thing. So, yeah, it's worth an extra couple of six seconds. You know. Okay.
0: Well, uh, you can read this uh, article at the Consumer Man. Uh, com And it's the well-known brands that uh, criminals most often spoof in phishing attacks. Herb, uh, hang on. Okay, more to come. All right, yes. Herb Weissbaum is with us. He's the consumer man. Uh, hang on. Uh, if you want to jump in here, if you have a question or a concern, consumer-related or an issue, 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. Herb is here to help and answer any and all of your questions. All right. Hey, it's Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio and um, we're here until uh, four o'clock, and uh, we're going to talk about people whose lives were actually ruined by winning the lottery. And you know, th- you've, I've heard that many times. Um, and uh, you know, you, you remember the scam? I was not the scam, but the guy who went on Pressure Luck and he memorized the the pattern of the board. He won like one hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Gone. And he, he ended up broke. He died broke. Some sad stories if he, uh, out there. Um, and a, a man was arrested for swimming in a Bass Pro Shop fish tank. I don't, I don't even know where to begin with that one. that's the phone number. We would love to hear from you. Herb Weisbaum is with us. He joins us once a month. He's a consumer reporter for KOMO and Checkbook.org. You can go to his website at ConsumerMan.com, subscribe to his newsletter. He's here to help you out. If you have any consumer issues or worried about scams or any of that kind of stuff, uh, call us right now and Herb will help you out. 312-981-7200. Hello, Herb.
5: Hey, hopefully that guy at the uh, the shop wasn't wearing a Speedo. Yeah. <laughs> that story right over the edge. Yeah, unbelievable. uh We have
0: uh, someone on the line who has a question. Here's Myrna on WGN. Hi, Myrna. Hi, Myrna.
3: Hi. Thank you for that information you just gave. That's really frightening. I've had I've received those from Microsoft and Amazon, and it's very very frightening. But I have a question. When all this virus things, stuff came out. Uh, I needed to get masks because my son-in-law, my daughter, and I are compromised with our health conditions. And Mm -hmm. so I thought, okay, I'm going to go through Amazon, which I did, and that would take a while to get it. The delivery was, um, they were behind on that. So anyway, I ordered through Amazon, and I got the masks, just the other day I did this in April and they're they're hideous. I mean they don't they're not going to do anything and they've got a hole in them and I can't find out how I can return them because the number that I have on the package is disconnected. I can't get a hold of Amazon because they're not taking their customer service isn't taking calls. They said I could chat on the uh, internet, but my computer crashed and I'm limping along with my grandson's iPad and I'm not that good at it. And I don't know what I should do, but I can't keep these. And it turns out they were from China and uh, the shipping costs way much more than the mask. So I'm kind of stuck with that. And then I've got another issue with masks; I'm jinxed with that. And uh, then I'd like to know about this Amazon thing. What do you recommend?
5: Well, oh, by the way, well, there's been a lot of problems reported with people who are getting things from China, COVID-related uh, PPE, and uh, some of coming from third-party companies. So you're not the first person uh, this has happened to. Um, I would do a couple of things. Um, if you can't get on and 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 I'm contact, just,
3: excuse uh, me, I'm very hard of hearing. Could you just say a little louder, please?
5: Sure. If you Thank can't, uh, you. if you can't uh, contact them by uh, chat, which might be the best thing to do, and maybe you can get your grandson or somebody to help you. Uh, the uh-huh. best thing. By calling the local Better Business Bureau wherever you live there and see if they can help you in some way cut through the nonsense at Amazon and, and get this dealt with. So uh, that, that's uh, the first thing to do. Um, and you might also, are you in Chicago? Be Beecher,
3: We're about 40 miles south of Chicago
5: you might want to call the uh, consumer reporter at the news desk at WGN-TV and uh, tell them, look at what we got, and they may be interested in doing a story and warning people uh, about the kind of things that, that some folks are getting, and uh, you'll be surprised at how quickly you'll get a call or something from Amazon and they'll want to take the stuff back. Uh, so you might consider doing that as well. Uh, and it's that's
3: a consumer the
5: consumer p- reporter? Yeah, just contact the news desk or see—you know, tell them i got a COVID story that you might be interested in doing, so... Uh, or get hold on the line, Thomas can give you the number or something. But, uh, the first thing is try to get your problem. So did, did you pay with it by credit card?
3: Yes, uh, I did. And, um, I, I've caught, ta- talked to discover about it already. And they, they were at a loss as th- what to, what to do. Um, I'm going to call them again and see, uh, I didn't think to ask them to take it off my, you know, the, yes. I'm disputing that's, that's it and take it
5: off. Yes, that's the benefit of using a credit card. It's what's called a chargeback. And you call up and tell them that I ordered this thing from Amazon. They will not help me. And it's defective. It cannot be worn. It's a danger. I want this taken off my credit card bill. They will do that. Uh, It's always good to follow up in writing. And if you go to the back of your statement, it will tell you what to do. Because legally, to protect your rights, you've got to file a complaint in writing. So you can start it on the phone and then tell them I want to follow this up in writing, but uh, you should be able to get that charge taken off of your uh, account, and that's the benefit of using a credit card when you do online purchases. Debit right. card, you got rights. With a credit card, you got a lot of rights. So, so try doing that. Yeah, hey,
0: try that, Myrna. And and call the Better Business Bureau. Uh, f- that's one of the major things to do. Myrna, thanks for the call, and good luck. Uh, 312-981-7200 is the phone number, uh, and here is Lulu on WGN. Go ahead, Lulu.
4: Hey, Nick, Um,
1: Amazon, I had a problem with them shipping me product on a, you know, like a subscription, and it started in
3: April, and they weren't answering the big, large customer service number, and I was really getting irritated, and every once in a while, I'd go to Amazon, and I did finally, if you go to Amazon... Um, site and go to their chat there's an 800 number there that you get a live person and they refunded my money um and they took care of the problem
0: well that's what the that's what the they they told myrna to do is go to chat that's 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 what they told her to do so
3: you, oh, okay i yeah i didn't hear that
0: part yeah, i was probably
5: so if you go to chat and there's a number, then you can call. That would be good. Yep. That would be good to help there you go. Yeah. All right, Lulu. Yeah.
0: Thanks. Thanks, Lulu. It works. Okay, take thank care. you.
5: By so, the way, may I remind people, and you know I live in Seattle where Amazon started, um, is that there are actually other companies in the world beside Amazon. Yeah, it's <laughs> and- true. They're not uh, the cheapest for everything, and sometimes they're way not the cheapest. And, uh, you know, if if you're able to get it from some other company that you know is going to, you know, they were so backed up in shipping stuff, maybe you even go to a store and buy something. Um, You know, just keep in mind that that's, I know they're fabulous and a lot of people love them, but they're not the only online company in America, and just keep that in mind.
0: That's true. Absolutely. it's good advice, Herb. Um, All right, here's Monica on WGN. Hi, Monica.
2: Hi
3: there. How are you all? I need to buy a new laptop. And make sure that my desktop doesn't crash. You know how they offer those uh, jump drives for like twenty
1: bucks? They say it will clean up your uh, computer. Are those worth it? And where should I go
3: to get a laptop? <laughs>
5: uh, I'm not a tech guy, so I'm not familiar with what you're talking about. Uh, okay. I mean, I know there you can run on your computer to clean it up and make it uh, run more more uh, more of a functional and make it run faster. There, there's a bunch of functions that are built in today's computers. Yeah, um, I've what done you those. Do, What you should do when you buy a a, a laptop, look around, look for the models you want, read some reviews like CNET as one or PC Magazine or something like that, Consumer Reports. And then um, if you have a choice, uh, you can do for price, I buy my computer stuff from Costco. And the reason why I do is because they have, they double the warranty. They double the manufacturer's warranty. Hmm. So usually getting a two-year warranty on the device I buy, and that's the reason they usually have amazingly good prices uh, and uh, they also uh, double the warranty. So uh, that's that's the time to do it. Uh, if you can wait until there's a sale, uh, I don't know if you need one right away, and they may be doing one of this, you know they put off the Christmas in July, so some stores may be doing it a little bit down the road, although some of the prices are really good now. But like I got my laptop uh, Black Friday sale, and I got it $300 off, and it was a smoking computer. Mm. Uh, and
6: does it have Microsoft
2: Office on it?
5: Uh, my, well, Microsoft Office it doesn't come on anymore. Microsoft is now doing it through the cloud. So you buy a subscription for whatever is $100 a year, and then that means it's always updated and always current. They don't have to send you updates as much as they used to in the past. So that's the way Got that's it. being done now. But, yes, I'm a, I'm a Microsoft guy, and I use, I use Microsoft Office. But that's the big okay. decision you have to make you your PC or Apple-based. You know, more people use PC and more people, uh, they're better priced of a people who buy Apple love Apple so that's the uh, that's the trade off you have to make. Okay. But read a couple of consumer magazines, see where you want to head, and then shop around, look for a good price and if you can get something at a decent price, you know, Costco runs sales on computers a lot and again that 2-year warranty and I had a problem Nick, there's a special line you call, a Costco line and they put me through to the manufacturer like not I didn't have to call and get in lines like hi, this is Costco. This guy's got a problem. Will you please take care of him? Yes, sir. You know, it was like wow, I was really impressed.
2: Now, yeah,
0: okay. It,
3: and you said CNET was one
6: of those uh, review places.
0: CNET. Yep. Thank you so much. Yep. CNET. All right. Thanks, Monica. All right, um, Herb. What about uh, getting home repairs during the COVID nineteen outbreak? You wrote a piece about that
5: too. Yeah, I mean it's an interesting it's an interesting situation. Obviously, your home is your safe space. You don't want people coming into it. But if the toilet is leaking, or the faucet just won't stop, or the hot water heater goes out or the stove won't work, you got to bring somebody into your house. So we looked into this and called a lot of the companies, uh, you know, top-rated co- appliance repair companies that uh, that has, have been reported in cities across the country, including, including there in Chicago, by checkbook.org to see what's going on. And it's interesting. Um, a lot of the companies are trying to take it very, very slowly. They do not want to rush back into this because they realize that they're putting both you and their employees at risk, basically. Uh, the ones that are doing this Uh, Will spend much more time with you on the phone, a good company, and they'll ask you a lot more about what is at hand so they don't have to uh, have the person go back maybe with the, to get the part they need. So it's like, you know, what is wrong? What's the appliance? What's the model? What are the symptoms? You know, et cetera, et cetera, to get a lot more upfront information. And then hopefully they will explain to you. Some of them even have it on the website. And if they don't, you should ask, here's our procedure. One carpet repair, uh, a carpet cleaning company. Every piece of equipment is sanitized before we leave the place. The driver will show up with a mask on and gloves on uh, and shoes, shoesy things on, you know, shoe covers on. Yeah. They will stay far away from you as possible. We will, we will uh, disinfect the machine when we go. Um, a lot of places are slowing down and giving their people more time for service calls so they don't rush and needlessly touch things or do things. So they're just building that in and not necessarily charging you more, but just building it in to slow things down just a little bit more. So that's really good. Um, I spoke to my friend Dr. Swartzberg at the UC Berkeley uh, Wellness Letter and the expert that, that I talked to on these things, and you know he pointed out that... Um, you know, any time you're the six feet distancing is, is really good when you're outside. If you're inside, you've got to really step it up and keep it a lot further away, especially if you're inside for a long period of time with like a, a worker. So what the companies tell me is some people just like, okay, the furnace is over in there, and I'm going to go upstairs in the bedroom and just call me when you need me, and i left have to check on the, the thing or, you know, yeah. fill me or whatever. Um, some people leave completely, they say. the door's open or whatever, just come in, do your thing, and we're not even going to be there. Um, but you, you, And if you, if it's a small room, like let's say they're working in the downstairs bathroom, little room, not a lot of air circulating, then really if you, try not to go in that room for a couple hours. Just give it time to breathe out, kind of, you know, to air out, kind of thing. Um, open the windows. That'll get air, and the doors, if you can, get air circulating. When air is moving, that reduces your risk of picking up anything. And you know, you said it's going to be hot there. Run the air conditioning, central air. That moves the air around too, and there's a filter involved. So get that air moving around. That that's all going to help you. But things need to be done. But it's funny, I found one website where one company it was really cute. They said, um, "This is a, please do not schedule an appointment unless it is necessary." We know that you were home from work, and now seems like a great time to get the broken ice maker fixed, the light bulb replaced, or the broken stove clock repaired. It is not worth the unnecessary exposure to us or you. We are only taking appointments for necessary repairs. And they are right on, spot on by that. This isn't the time that you're home. Got a lot of time in here. Let's bring a stranger in and just fix something. that doesn't really need to be fixed right away. We're not at that point yet. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. That's really, really good advice. Um, and outside... You know, if you're doing lawn repair, lawn care, or if you're doing a new deck or something like that, or painting the house, that's fine. They're outside. But this is when you're thinking about. And if you're going to do remodeling, and some people I know still are, then Dr. Schwartzberg said, think about moving out of the house for a week or so, getting a rental, getting a long-term stay place, and just get out of that house for the couple of weeks or whatever they're doing things, you, especially there's a lot of people, even with masks on, you do not want to be around those people. You know, if you have to do it, this is not the time to do it, but you have to do it. Now's the time to give yourself some safe space and move out of the house.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, And and again, that article, you can read the whole thing at uh, ConsumerMan.com. Herb, uh, hold on. You got it. All right. Herb Weissbaum. He's the Consumer Man. Check out ConsumerMan.com if you have any concerns or questions that are consumer-related. He's here to help you out. 312-981-7200. It's Nick DeGilio on WGN. All right. Hello. It's Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN. Live in the Skyline Studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago. Uh, we're going to talk about people whose lives were actually ruined by winning the lottery and uh, and uh, much more. Uh, 312-981-7200 is the phone number. Herb Weissbaum is with us. Uh, oh, and by the way, the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newser. Uh, so Herb's with us, and he joins us once a month. And uh, we're talking about uh, consumer uh, issues, and he's here to help
5: you out. Hello, Herb. Yes, sir. What would you like to talk about next?
0: Uh, well, we have another call. Here's Sheila on WGN. Oh. Hi, Sheila. Hi, is this Nick? Yes, go ahead.
3: Hi, Nick. I'm calling because uh, I'd like to know, I understand there may be a website where you can find out uh, the amount of bank accounts that have been opened in your name.
5: Uh, Herb? I have no idea. I've never heard of
0: that. She's never heard
5: of that, uh, Sheila. Really? Yeah. Oh,
3: okay, because I was watching TV one day and a consumer reporter was on, and she said that there is one. I just don't know what it is.
5: Well, I'll tell you what I'll do when I get off the air with Nick. I'll look on the. Uh, I'll look around, and if I find anything, leave your number with Thomas, and and uh, we'll uh, get that information to you, and then I'll share it next month.
0: Sounds good. Thank you. All right, you. there you go. There's Sheila on uh, WGN.
5: I'm telling you that right now. Uh, what now? I said th- I'm billing you extra for that. I'm telling oh, okay, you that right okay,
0: now. Okay, thanks. <laughs> um. That, so, but we, before, we got another caller coming in, but I I, made, I want to make sure we got this in. Uh, this is one of the things that I got, uh, that many people who got the COVID relief from a lender are finding a bad mark on their credit files now.
5: Yeah, this is a story I'm actually working on today, and it'll be up tomorrow. So, as always, I scoop myself with you. There you go. Um, but basically, what's happening is, you know, they, they got one of these programs where it said, like, you know, call us. Uh, maybe it's a credit card company. Maybe it's an auto loan. Maybe it's a mortgage company. We know you're in, in stress. Call us. Work with us. We can give you some kind of accommodation program. Maybe you can make lower payments. Maybe you can skip the payment. Maybe we won't charge you interest. There'll be no penalty, and it won't ding you on your credit file. And that—that that was great. It was a wonderful thing. Well, now the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the government financial watchdog agency, is getting reports from thousands of people who are saying, "I did exactly that, and lo and behold, all of a sudden my credit score dropped dramatically, and I found out that they put uh, that I was a deadbeat in my file, that I was paying my bills late, which shouldn't have been there." Uh, was to be expected? We actually predicted that on your radio show a month or so ago because this is such a huge program and involves so much coding that the uh, companies had to do to make sure it got reported right to the to the uh, credit files. And uh, obviously it's not happening and it's you know uh, dramatically uh, affecting people. as you know, lower credit scores can have all kinds of impact from you can't get a loan, you can't rent an apartment, you can't get a job, et cetera. Um, and the, and some of the problems are they're saying, and we complained, to the uh, credit bureau, and uh, they didn't help us. They're, they're, we couldn't get the, the thing removed, or the creditor, and it's there, and, like, we need to get it removed kind of thing. So that's the story we're looking into. It's a terrible problem if uh, you're in that situation. And uh, while the uh, CARES Act, that's the uh, act that Congress passed to get this whole thing started with giving people relief, it basically says two things. It says, if you were current in your account when you got relief, And you remain current in your account, you know, and you follow the program that was set up for you. So you were current in your account with that company, and you follow the program that was outlined for them, whatever it was. Then your account stays in the current status. You're you're good. You're green, good to go. If you were a uh, delinquent in your account, your account status was bad when you got some kind of relief program, your status would stay bad the way it was. It's not going to change to good all of a sudden. But if you had a good, a good credit rating and things were good and you took advantage of one of these relief programs and all of a sudden it went bad, that is a very serious problem and one that uh, needs to be looked into and, and figured out by the authorities. So we're just trying to call people's attention to that and uh, how they can uh, file complaints and what they can do. But the big, big problem, I think, and it possibly could get worse. Wow. Okay,
0: uh, here's Mary Jane on WGN. Go ahead, Mary Jane. Yeah, I uh,
1: uh, from the country store, I bought a uh, solar flickering light uh, June fourth. and uh, they on June eleventh, they sent me an email and said, because of uh, the uh, trouble with the couriers, there's so many packages that are going out. And um, they said, uh, uh, let's see, they said that they can't ship it now and
3: that as soon as they can get a truck, <laughs> they would send it out. Does that sound right to you?
5: Well, there's been a lot of problems, all kinds of shipping problems for online companies because of COVID. Uh, if that's the situation, you have two decisions to make either uh, I'll wait for it, I don't need it right away, or B, cancel my order and refund my money right away. That's a decision that's up to you. It's in your hands, and you can figure out which way you want to go. But yes, there's been all kinds of problems uh, for merchandise coming in from overseas, from getting it delivered to people. Uh, it's just been a very, very crazy time, and uh, we sh- we should expect things to be not as uh, easy as they were in the past until things straighten out.
0: Yep. So oh, that's that's okay. a that's a real well, that's a, it's a real issue, Mary Jane. There's a there's yeah, a lot yeah. a lot of problems with deliveries right now and getting things shipped. It's a major problem right now. So.
1: Okay. Well, I'll wait for it then. Thanks, okay, thanks. a lot for taking my call. Yep.
0: Okay. All right. Um, all right. Now here, is it a good time? You also wrote this. Is it a good time to buy a newer used car? What do you think?
5: Actually, it is. Uh, From all the experts I spoke to, it's a good time to buy both a new car and buy a used car. Uh, Obviously, uh, the dealers were basically all shut down uh, during the initial uh, shutdown phase of all this. and are just starting to open up, so they really want to move some vehicles. and They actually have been uh, been doing some uh, business the last month or so. Uh, So they're offering, in some cases, discounts. In some cases, they're offering special financing uh, that could save you thousands of dollars up front and maybe thousands of dollars uh, on the course of the loan. So uh, even so, you know, need to compare the offers very carefully, know what you're getting into. Uh, some of the advertised specials are limited to first responders. I saw when I looked on the Internet the other day, but it doesn't hurt to ask. You know, you're willing to offer this to somebody. You're willing to sell the car at this price. Will you sell it to me? All they can tell you is no. Uh, the big push seems to be right now, Nick, with the financing. And this is through the auto manufacturers. They know people are suffering with COVID. They want to get you in the dealership. They want to make the deal. So they're offering some amazing uh, situations right now. In some cases, 0% APR. That's free financing. Uh, in some cases, we're up to 72 months. Uh, they're also offering deferred payments. In some cases, up to 120 days. Uh, so the, both of those are a really big help to people. Um So that's really good. And then with the used car market, uh, again, they were flooded with used cars, uh, and they just got to move those things. So the prices have gone down dramatically. They started to come up again as the economy op- started to open last month, but they're still about two percent lower on a year-to-year basis uh, than they were in May and June. And uh, some categories like vans are off eight percent, midsize cars off seven, compact cars off seven. If you really want a deal for uh, for uh, and you're willing to put up with, it, go with a rental car company. They have huge inventories of cars, and they are priced to move. I think there's something like twenty-something thousand on the Hertz website. I saw really good prices. They were taken the advantage. Of, they were taken care of by fleet managers, so you know all the maintenance was done. Many of them come with warranties. Yeah, a lot of people drove them, but if it's a low mileage car and you're getting a really good price, it's got still got the warranty and it was cared for. You know, have it checked out by a mechanic like you always do when you buy used. You might want to go that way. If you're buying new, I got to do a commercial message for the service that we run. It's called Car Bargains uh, through Checkbook.org. I bought my last car that way. Uh, it's basically a service where you tell them what you want, and they literally let dealers compete against each other. So in my case, they sent a, a note out the dealers all across the Seattle area and said, Herb wants to buy a car. They don't give you your name. They're your name, of course. Right, right. This guy I, who wants to buy a car, here's the car he wants, the exact model, the color, whatever, make us a deal. you got one shot, make us an offer. He's going to take the best offer, whatever it is. I beat the Costco price by $1,000, and I beat the MSRP by um uh, 3000 dollars and um i beat the i want do the math thirty six five to uh, to thirty three hundred thirty five hundred dollars and I beat the best dealer price by over a thousand dollars so uh and it was easy. hi, go to this dealer here's a sheet. this is the price of the penny. Here's the vehicle you're buying. Here's the VIN number. Here's the picture. Go, and it's all done. It was absolutely the most amazing way to buy a car I've ever experienced in my life. Uh, they, they, on the, I've seen things on the Facebook. Um, they beat Costco all the time. They beat True Cars all the time. Uh, there's somebody that are call if you have a question. You can talk to an individual. They'll help you through the process. It's like two hundred and fifty dollars. I think it's a little less if you're a member of Checkbook. That's a, that's you know a little price to pay if you're going to save a thousand bucks or more. Um, and uh, you might want to think about doing it. If they can't get you a good deal. I I think they make a guarantee or something so uh, it, yeah it's a no-lose proposition so uh, you might want to check that out car carbargains.org.
0: car org. all right um what else are you working on i know that we we talked about the um the the bad mark on the credits from the covid relief uh what else are, what else is uh in the horizon there herb
5: well, what I want to look at is this: uh, the uh, tracing for COVID nineteen. You know how everybody's going to use the watches and do the stuff, and they're going to call you because your friend was at a bar. And um, we're already seeing incredible problems with that. Um, con artists are calling up, pretending to be with the health department, or sending you a text message that this is an alert that we need to get to you. Which is tragic because health departments really are calling people. So this could be you know, a life and death kind of scam, kind of situation. Right. Uh, but uh, they're taking advantage of all that kind of stuff. So. Probably by the time I talk to you next time, we're going to be able to, to talk more about that. But it's really kicking up big time. You know, the okay. bad guys just take advantage of the news. the news. Absolutely. You know, that's what they're going to go after. So.
0: All right, Herb, always a pleasure. People can check out ConsumerMan.com. Uh, stay safe, and we'll talk to you next month, buddy. Thank you. Be well, Nick. Thank you okay. again. Take care. Herb, uh, Herb Weisbaum, uh, endlessly fascinating and helpful. Hey, it's Nick degilio on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline Studio. We're here until 4, as we are every weekday morning. Uh, 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. We always play some classic Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson show, you can watch it every night on Antenna TV. And at 2.30 every morning, we always play some uh, some classic Carson. And we're going to play uh, Park Ranger Gus Grungy. We're going to visit from Gus Grungy, Park Ranger. So, uh, and uh, we're going to talk about what are you snobby about? You know, you got food snobbies. You got uh, l- beer, wine snobs. And foods, you know, foodies. Some people are foodies. And uh, what uh, what are you a snob about? So we'll we'll jump into that a little bit later on. Tommy, have you ever, you ever you ever won a significant amount of cash either at like a casino or the lottery? I think the best I ever did, ga- I guess gambling, was at the racetrack. Yeah, that's that's where I've done my that's where I've yeah. done the best too. I, I think I might. I was probably about thirteen years old. Went for, like, a family day at the racetrack, you know. Arlington? Yeah, or, or right over at Arlington. Yep. Beautiful racetrack. Oh. Beautiful f- track. Awesome. Uh, and I had never bet on the ponies before. I never played the ponies before. So I was there with my mom, and she's like, all right, I'll, I'll place a few $2 bets for you. Yeah. You, know, what do you what do you want? What do you want? I was like, I don't know. How do you choose? Do I just pick one? And she's like, well, you know, look at them. Maybe you like you know, something about the, the – read some of the numbers, if you can make sense of them or – like just something something jumps out to you, and uh, I I picked one because of the name of the jockey. His name was uh, Jesus. Okay. And she was like, "Why? Why him? Is there any particular reason?" It's like, "Well, you always bet on Jesus. He'll never steer you wrong." And he didn't. I won like. Thirty-five dollars. Wow! Off a two-dollar bet, something weird like that. Yeah. So I felt I was pretty proud of myself. So then was it a long? I mean, you bet two bucks, you won thirty-five. It was pretty. Long, it was a long shot. Then. I guess so. Yeah. yeah, it had to be. Had yeah. to be off a off a two-dollar bet. So I was pretty pretty chuffed about that. Yeah. But uh, no, I've been to Vegas. Didn't really gamble. I think I played one penny slot. Mm-hmm. Um. I would have preferred to maybe try my hand at cards, but at the time, my brothers were both way underage, and so, uh, you know, you can't stop on the casino floor with children. Like, you can walk across it. Right, You can't stop right. anywhere you with them. You can't stop at a table when, yeah. when there are kids there, yeah. Exactly. They have to move on to the other stuff, yeah. you know, yeah. where there's shops and what uh, whatnot, restaurants, whatever's going on in there. So I'd, I'd like to try my hand at gambling. I think I'd be pretty good. I like blackjack. I find that to be a fun game. Um Maybe a little Texas Hold'em, mm-hmm. but uh, never really, never really been a big gambler. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a big gambler at all. Actually, um, um, w- when I when I get money, I like to hang on to it. <laughs> I I have the only time I've I've gambled with any kind of regularity, and it's been a long time. Was the track because I, I I love going to the racetrack. I love horses, and I you know I just the whole atmosphere, especially at Arlington. And I've been going, as you know, Tom. I've told you this. I've been going to the tracks since I was a little kid. My dad played the ponies, and my dad and my uncle played the ponies a lot. So I've been to Balmoral, I've been to Maywood. I've been to all. I mean, all of the all of the the racetracks. But so we we have here a story about people who won the lottery, but then their lives were actually ruined by winning the lottery. Um, but the the general question that I have for you. 312-981-7200. Uh, you can call us on the uh, Team Hochberg phone line. Um, have you ever won a significant amount of money? Have you ever won the lottery? And uh, that, it, it, do you often play the lottery? My parents used to play the lottery all the time. I don't think they do anymore. They used to play all the time. And they my, my, my parents actually did win did win a pretty good amount of cash over the years playing the lottery. I think my dad still does the scratch-offs. I don't know if they play the daily lottery. I do not have to ask them. But they used to all the time. And we'd have to watch the, the balls being drawn, you know, every night. I can't remember what time it was. It was I think it was like 5 to 7 or something every night they would have the, uh, the balls being drawn for the daily lottery. Um, Haven't there been some TV personalities that got their start? doing the lottery numbers uh, I, yeah, maybe I hesitate to say Pat Sajak I don't but I, I I'm I'm going to look into this all right but I think that there have been some I'm, significant personalities that start out reading the lottery numbers I'm trying to remember because the, there was, a, there was a, the, the there was a girl who who drew the balls for the lottery and uh, she was local, and she was the only one who did it. She was on every night, and I can't remember her name. I think her first name was Kathy. But so the question is, do you gamble, or have you ever won on the lottery? Three one two nine 7200 Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. I've done uh, this. I've you know, as far as like lottery and stuff like that goes, I've done the scratch off ones, but only if they're like if the scratch off has a pretty cool theme. Like when they had WWE scratch off, you know, then they have the Three Stooges scratch off. So they've got to, it's got to have some goofy theme, you know. But yeah, no, my 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 uh, my parents over the years have won a pretty good amount of dough. And I and again, I don't know if they play the daily lottery, um, but I know that they still get the the scratch offs every once in a while. So. But we do have stories here of people who actually won uh, uh, the lottery and then their lives were ruined. We got about six of these stories. But uh, the phone lines are open. I'd love to hear from you. Have you ever won uh, a pretty good amount of money? Do you play the lottery? Are you lucky? 312-981-7200 here on 720 WGM. We'd love to hear from you. I just never really was a big gambler, except, like I said, at the track. I enjoy the track. You know, so I, you know, you play that. I, 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 that's the only time I've ever really gambled is I play, playing the ponies at the at the track, and I've never really won a significant amount of money. Um, so yeah, okay, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. We want to hear from you. Have you won the lottery? Do you play the lottery? Have you won a significant amount of dough? Let's hear your story. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred on WGN. All right. Hey, Nick DiGilio. That's me. We're live in the Skyline studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago. Here till 4. At 4 o'clock, we head over to Bradley Place and our good friends over at uh, Channel 9 and uh, WGN-TV for some early morning news. And then the great Bob Surratt starts at 5 for your morning drive. And uh, WGN is here 24-7 to keep you informed, to keep you company, and to keep you going. Uh, 312-981-7200, that's the phone number. We're going to talk about some people whose lives were ruined by actually winning the lottery, but I threw this out there. Have you ever won a a significant amount of money? You ever played the lottery? Uh, We'd love to hear your story. 312-981-7200. So Tom won the most money when he was 13 at the track. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Man, Arlington is beautiful. That's just a beautiful place. So um, much more beautiful than uh, Maywood. <laughs> oh, <man>. Maywood. <laughs> Here's Michelle on WG. And hi, Michelle.
1: Hey, Nick. Good morning. Hi. Hi. I've never won squad. I've ruined my own life on my own. But um, I need to tell you that the lottery lady was Linda Colmeyer.
0: Oh, that's it.
1: Yeah, that's it, was, Linda Kohlmeier, Thank you. Yeah, Good-looking blonde babe, and yeah. uh, they they sent a limo for her every night. No. Yes, they did. Yeah, that was that was part of her legend.
3: Wow. She pretty much wrote, wrote her own ticket. She was she was
0: cool. Yeah. No. I now I totally remember. Thank you so much for giving me your name, Linda Kohlmeier. I, I Yeah. Yeah, that's a great one. Thanks, Michelle. She's very cool. See you later. Okay. Take care. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah, stop doing it. That final one was in October of 2015. What? Uh, her last, her last, do, doing the her live Her last lottery. drawing? Yeah, her last live drawing. Holy cow. Yeah. It was, jeez. Long time. Boy, it was that recent? Yeah. Wow. Actually, uh, yeah, it would have been, sorry, September, end of September. End of oh, September. 2015. Of oh, 2015. You gotta be kidding me, because she was doing it in the 70s. She was like doing she was you know doing the lottery thing the lottery drawings in the 70s. Really? Yes. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Holy cow. Man, that's a long run. Of just, you know, pulling balls. Oh. <laughs> phrasing. That'll be up on the, oh, Hey, by the way, um we are not on Friday morning. That's correct. Um we we got that day off because the, the 4th of July is on a Saturday, so we get Friday off. Uh, so we're doing the regular Friday features of the regular Thursday. <laughs> so the 4th of July features. The 4th of July features is what we're doing. So the regular Friday features, you know, like uh, you know, your uh, straight out of context Nick D show spies. You big dummy. And uh Fly Jam it'll be Fly Jams Thursday. Thick Thick Jams Thursday. Thick Jams Thursday. <laughs> So, uh, and again, straight out of context is when you listen, keep listening, keep listening to the radio station 24-7. Whenever anybody says anything that you can pull out of context and it sounds dirty and it makes you giggle, you jot down the day, the time who said it, and send it to nickdshow at gmail.com. Same thing with Nick D Show Spies. You listen 24-7. Whenever anybody mentions me, we want to know about it. You become a spy. Jot down the day, the time who said it, and send it to nickdshow at gmail.com. And we've got You Big Dummy. That's where we read real news stories of real dumb people doing real dumb stuff. And then we vote on who's the biggest dummy. And then Fly Jams Friday when you hear funky music. But it'll be Thick Jams Thursday. We got to think of a better name. <laughs> <laughs> well, the alliteration is there. So uh, so anyway, we are off Friday morning. In, in honor of, uh, and it's Dane Neal filling in, right? Dane Neal and Jess Rains is going to produce. Very capable and awesome people who will be filling in on Friday morning. So, anyway, the regular Friday features one morning earlier than usual. Uh, 312-981-7200 is the phone number. We're talking about uh, playing the lottery and winning some dough. You know, my, you know what my parents used to do all the time. And this was like in the you know they used to they used to go to St Andrews and play bingo, and they would go to a place called Bingo Palace. Where was Bingo Palace located? I want to say it was on Belmont. It was in the city, a little northwest side. I want to say it was called Bingo Palace, where they had bingo every night. Because normally bingo was on Friday nights, at least it's, at least in uh, at uh, St Andrews uh, Gym on Addison. There, it was bingo was Friday night. It was mo- it was uh, Friday night. We used to go out to my. We had uh, some friends who lived out in Stickney. And uh, we would drive out to Stickney on Friday nights and my parents would go, they would go, they would all go uh, to uh, Bingo and then I would just like watch TV. But yeah, Bingo Palace. Wonder when that place closed. Do we, can we do a little research on Bingo Palace, Tom? Because it was in the city and uh, it was a palace of Bingo. Yeah, but my parents used to go to bingo all the time, and this was like you know you know mo- most people think don't you don't you when you think of bingo don't you think it's a it's an activity for elderly people? Yeah, but I'd love to play bingo. My parents were like probably in their thirties when they were at the height of their bingo going, but I think bingo's fun. Uh, Fifty three forty one North Lincoln. It was on Lincoln. Yes, the Bingo Palace. Referred here uh, by Ron Grossman of the Chicago Tribune, uh-huh. September thirteenth, nineteen eighty-five. The Bingo Palace is the poor man's Monte Carlo. <laughs> like right around, so that's around Foster, right? That's about Foster and Lincoln. That would be what's the address again? Fifty-three forty-one. Yeah, yeah, that's right around Foster. Foster and Lincoln. So that's where the Bingo Palace was. What did you refer to it as? The poor man's Monte Carlo. <laughs> Yeah, they had bingo every night. And it was a palace. Not to be confused with Bingo City. Where was Bingo City? Let's see here. Bingo City? Yeah, that's at 6800 Northwestern. Re? I wonder if my parents went there. I, I could see them getting confused on the way. Wait, are we going to the Palace or the City this week? Yeah, and they're both north side. So... All right, yeah, but they they chose the palace. They would go to the bingo palace. I believe it is a Chase Bank now. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a Chase Bank. Of course it is <laughs> it's a Chase Bank. <laughs> yeah, my dad, my my parents did pretty good at bingo. I remember they 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 won they won some dough at bingo. You know the thing about bingo, or at least I don't know if they if they do this now. You get cash. Well, you pay for the card, right? Yeah, you not just one card. Right, you pay for multiple cards. Yes. You pay for multiple cards. Yeah, and people would tape them to the table. Y- tape them? Yes. Why you, tape, them? tape them? You would tape them to the table and have them all in front of you. You'd have multiple cards, so like 20, 25 cards, and they were paper. You would tape them to the table, and then uh, you would have your bingo chips and your daubers. Oh yeah, those things that the stamp the markers, yeah, yeah, yeah. You would use that for the for. What do the, they call them? A dauber, a dauber, d a u b e r. Yeah, See, d- d- say it, spell it again. D a u b e r. Dauber. A dauber. Yeah. Be careful. Don't ever say dauber uh, when you're in Scotland. Just what, trust me. Why just is don't that say it. Not good.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: It's uh. It's, do they have bingo in in Scotland? Uh, I assume so. So they don't call it a dauber then? I, they call something else a dauber. I'll tell you. Okay. But uh, so what you would do is you would tape <laughs> your you would tape your your bingo cards down to the table. Everybody would tape them down. They would have they, everybody. They would have their bowl of chips of their of their or, or their, their their bowl of uh uh the things that you put on the yeah chips I guess that you would put on the bingo card. Oh, I figured they had a bowl of Tostitos or something. No, so you'd have they'd have that a bowl. You'd have at least two daubers, your Scotch tape, and then whatever. Little trinkets bring you luck. Did your parents have a have a lucky totem? I can't remember what they. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Christopher Nolan. Um, um, yeah, no, they did. I, my, my mom. I know my mom. I think my mom had like a lucky elephant or something. How would they fit the elephant? A couple in? of a thi- couple of things. You just have them on your. Oh, okay. Have them in front of you. you. Have everybody would have their little setup. Most people would sit in the same spot every Friday. And then at the end of the at the end when you're using your dauber because it's the uh, it's it's like the coverall at that point you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta fill in all the bl- you gotta cover all the blanks right and that's your big prize you get five hundred bucks at the end of the night wow yeah oh wow so and this is seventies money so um and then at the end everybody would peel up their their cards their their paper you know their paper bingo cards mm-hmm. peel them off the table and then b- ball them up and throw them away. And uh, this would be every Friday night. I think it would start at 7, go to 10, something like that. At least, it, I mean, at least I, I believe that's how it went in, uh, at St. Andrews. But, yeah, it was a ritual, man. People had their lucky charms. They had their little lucky things. Scotch tape. All that stuff. So, um, bingo. Jeez. Uh, 312-981-7200 is the phone number if you want to jump in here if you've ever played, if you ever won at bingo. We also have stories about people whose lives were ruined by winning the lottery, and that's another thing. You play the lottery? Have you won? Did you win any significant amount of dough? Um. So, yeah, God, I remember now, now I all these memories of bingo have just flown back into my brain. Yeah, and it, was, it used to be packed at St. Andrews. This was at um, St. Andrew's was uh, was on Addison, and it was the St. Andrew's gym where they would do the bingo. The school and the church were right across the street. And it was packed, every Friday night packed. And of course, you know, this being the 70s, you know, and into the early 80s, smoke filled. Just a bingo, bingo parlor filled with smoke, like a John Carpenter movie. You know, back in the day, man. The delicious aroma of cool 100s wafts through the bingo hall. That was my mom's brand when she was a smoker, cool 100s. Back in the day when she would give me a note to go down to the corner store and get her cigarettes, and they would sell them to me. (laughs) It was a different time, Tom. I'm fully aware. Here's a note. Go get me some cigarettes. They would right. send you down for a sixer, you know? No, not a sixer. Couldn't get away with uh, that. The cigarettes, uh, uh, yeah, they would send me to the corner store to get cigarettes. And the guy would sell them to me. They'd tell you to eat a green thing every day. <laughs> yeah. we will see you tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Let's take a uh, quick break. If you want to jump in here, we do have some stories of people whose lives were actually ruined by winning the lottery. But we want to hear if you've won anything or you've played the lottery or Bingo. Does anybody remember bingo and your daubers? It's Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN. If you want to jump in, we're talking about lottery and winning money and bingo and all kinds of fun stuff. 312-981-7200. The news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. So we got one more uh, story, Um, a nightmare story about uh, people whose lives were ruined when they won the lottery. Billy Bob Harrell, Billy Bob Harrell. Won $31 million. After winning $31 Harold was generous with his money. He bought houses for several family members and donated large amounts to his church. However, the money caused a lot of tension, and Harold confided in to his financial advisor, winning the lottery is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. 20 months after hitting the jackpot, he took his own life. Good Lord. These are depressing. You know what I won a lot of when I was a kid? Radio contests. You were a prize pig. I was a prize pig. Let me tell you something. I I knew exactly when they were going to run a contest. It was usually 20, 20 after the hour, or f- uh, 20 after the hour, or 50 after the hour. Those were the two times when, when uh, radio stations would run their contests, and I would listen to FM, you know, music radio, or, t- or uh you know, top forty radio, and you would have to be like you know the fifteenth caller. You know that that whole thing. And um, I won an excessive amount of stuff, and I don't know if there was a rule back in the seventies like there is now because it's got to be something like six months. You can't have you couldn't have you can't have won anything from the radio station in the past six months in order to be uh, eligible. Um, I don't know if there was a, I don't know if there was a rule back then, but if there was, I was breaking it or they weren't paying attention, but it would be like caller 15, you know, and I would, I would have it all, I would have it all memorized basically. And uh, I'd have the phone number ready to go. I would have it like, on we used to have uh, like a speed dial thing. So we would, you know, we'd have it on speed dial. I won constantly. And then, You know, instead of sending you... Because you would win... I won, won, like, concert tickets. I won a ton of albums. And all kinds of stuff. But I had it basically memorized. And... um, So... They would not send you your prizes. Because I would win, like, a bunch of albums. They wouldn't send you the prizes. You'd have to go down to the radio station and pick them up. So... You know, you. I took the train down, and I would go to the radio stations uh, downtown that would win to pick up my albums and stuff. And they were always terrible records. Like they would bring out a stack of cutouts. You know, like the secretary in the in the in the front of the office. I'd be like, "Hey, I won a contest, uh, and I'm here to pick up my prize." And she'd be like, "Yeah, all right." She'd go in the back or something and come back with a stack of terrible albums, like cutouts that they had for free. You know, radio stations where they would cut the corner off the off the uh, off the cover of the album. You know, and that's what they were giving away. So they they didn't even buy anything. They were just giving away crappy albums that they got sent to them. And so, uh, but I won all the time. I won all the time. And then there was an there was another thing that I did all the time uh, was I would call Captain Whammo. You know, Captain Whammo. Yeah. Captain Wammo and the Whammo Lion. I would call the whammo lion. Captain Wammo used to get two syllables out of the word line. Captain Wamo and the Whammo Lion. And I love Captain Wamo. I listened to him every night. He was on, I think he was on seven to ten. And uh, and I listened to him every night. And he had like a joke line. He was like, Call up Captain Wammo and tell a joke. Yeah. yeah. So I'd call up and tell you know jokes, and then I'd win. I'd win prizes from Captain Whammo. I loved Captain Whammo. Jim Shannel is his name. You know, I got to tell you, years ago when I first you know when I first started working, like on the overnights and stuff on the on the weekends, I told the Captain Whammo. You know, I told some Captain Whammo stories. My old partner Gary Lee Wright and I talked about Captain Whammo pretty extensively. One night, and then the Captain Whammo imitation that I started doing became kind of popular among, you know, the listeners. So, uh, one one night, I come in. I come into work, and there, there's a message on my voicemail, and it's from Captain Whammo. Hey, this is Captain Whammo Jim Shaddell I hear you've been talking about me, and um, his mom listened to the show. And then called him up and said, hey, there's this guy late night on WGN in Chicago who apparently listened to you every night, loves you, and has been talking about you and doing an imitation of you. So uh, that was lightning? Is that lightning? No, that is fireworks. That's fireworks? Yeah, someone is literally down right now, right now, right outside the building. I could see it is down there lighting off fireworks as we speak. At 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh Yeah, they no, I saw the, me and engineer Dan Long, I went to go get a glass of water, and uh, all of a sudden just hear, I, meow, meow. I mean, pe- fireworks what, what, the hell, what the hell is wrong with people? I don't know. I, I don't know. So they're know. down by the river blowing out right fireworks. Right now, yeah, right now. Literally at the foot of this building. At the foot of this building, firing out, lighting out fireworks. Two people, o'clock in the morning. People are idiots. I thought that was lightning. And, I, you know, and we, 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 is there rain in the forecast I think there might be some rain in the forecast. There might be some rain in the forecast. Wow! All right. Okay. I hope no one uh, wanted to sleep in uh, the, the vicinity. Yeah. Well, you know the hotel. The hotel's right across the river, but nobody's in. it. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's in it. So, I mean, to be fair, of all places to be doing it, you could do a lot worse. But there's uh, there's just, still some it's people ridiculous around. Ridiculous! It's two o'clock in the morning. Well, Who wants to go out? On a Tuesday morning at two o'clock and stand by the Chicago River and blow off fireworks. how is that a thing? Hey, when you got nothing else better to do, I guess, go home. You shouldn't be out anyway <laughs> uh, this fireworks thing is, 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 has been crazy this year. you know we've talk, we talked about it everybody and, and the phone calls to the police and the and the complaints up 700 percent. From last year at this time, God, Saturday is going to be nuts, Tom. saturday's going to be insane. I am, I am. Well, we're all on lockdown, but I am locking lockdown on lockdown with a lockdown super double secret lockdown. Yeah, that's right. On Saturday. So anyway, well, so anyway, I won a lot of I won a lot of prizes from Captain Whammo, and then Captain Whammo came on my show. I got to interview him, and uh, and I was a little nervous. Because this was a guy that I listened to every night when I was growing up, and then he 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 said, "I want you to do your imitation of me," and I was like, "Oh oh." So I was like, "Yeah, this is Captain Whammo and the Whammo Lion," and he's like, "Hey man, that's good." <laughs> but yeah, that's the only the only thing that I ever won on a regular basis was I don't know I, I was very very hip to how to win radio contests. Like when they were going to happen, I had it timed out. Like four different radio stations when they were going to do their contest, and I'd try, I'd call in on all of them. So I want, I want a lot of crap from radio stations by, <laughs> by by being caller ten or caller fifteen or whatever it is, and knowing exactly when the contest was going to happen. And uh, luckily, we didn't have a rotary phone; we had the push button phone, so you could dial fast. And I was a fast dialer man. I didn't play around. I was it was serious business for me. Wasn't there a movie where somebody did that where it was just like it was all they just called radio stations all the time in one? I think that was part of a movie. I think. Alright. Well, there you go. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, what are you snobby about? Some people are foodies, other are wine or beer or liquor snobs. What's the thing that you're really picky about and uh, maybe you didn't used to be? And uh, we've got some things that every snob says. So what are you snobby about? Everybody's got something everybody's got something that they're snobby about. And so uh, we'll talk about that here on 720 WGN. The phone lines are open. 312 981 7200. 312 981 7200. And we want to hear from you and hear your story. What are you snobby about? All right. Uh, the news is coming up. Hey! <laughs> Nick DeGilio here. Is this baby come back? Yes, it is. Who is this again? Player. Player, that's right. Not White Snake. No, that's not the White Snake song. Oh, I know. Survivor is the White Snake song. No. No? No. Oh Who God. is it? Starship. Oh, Starship. Starship. That's the one that sounds like Whitesnake. Player. Yeah, man. Player. I bet Captain Wammo played player when he was on. Nick degilio on 720 WGN. Hey, coming up at 2.30, we always play back some really classic Johnny Carson bits. The Johnny Carson Show is on Antenna TV every night. And we're going to get a visit from Park Ranger Gus Grungy. <laughs> oh boy. We're also going to talk. We got some a couple of random stories here that I just want to bop around. Like a guy was arrested for swimming in a bass pro shop fish tank. And uh, unsold Guinness is being used to fertilize Christmas trees. So the <laughs> But now we're talking about being snobby. Everybody is uh, everybody's snobby every once in a while. Before we do that, let's uh, talk to Bill real quick. Hey, Bill. Hey,
7: Nick. Good morning. Hi. Bill here. Hey, I, I called in Sunday afternoon on GN a couple of weekends, weekends ago, you know, and I had, uh, he was going to do a raffle. One in eight people, if you called in with a question. So I called in and asked how you cook tilapia on the smoker. So I got into the uh, raffle. I was texting my brother saying so I got one in eight chance of winning. Before I could even finish the text, I got the call. I won the smoker.
4: Uh, who was on the air? Oh, it's the Sunday afternoon, uh, food guy.
0: Is that Pete McMurray? I, I'm sorry. I, I guess mean, it could be him. Yeah. Or, or I got to get even, his name next maybe time. Maybe even Dean or Dane, Dane Neal also does a lot but of yeah, that. It's a very
7: good show. It's very entertaining, but I gifted it to my brother, right? In Connecticut. He's, uh, isolating in place. My, uh, my mom.
2: Very good.
7: He's got a smoker. And you know what? You know what the bonus was? About a week later, they sent me, a, sent me a bag of pellets. I kept those.
0: Okay. There you go. All right. that was awesome. Thanks, Bill. Oh, you're welcome. He loves it, too.
7: My brother loves it.
0: All right. Very cool. Okay, Bill, thanks. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. Uh, are you snobby about anything? Mm, a little bit. I could be a little snobby about music. Yep. Surprisingly less snobby about movies i'll be I'm kind of willing to watch anything at this point, yeah um, I get snobby about movies, but I'll watch anything yeah i mean i like i like watching bad movies, sure, it's fun, yeah um not particularly snobby about i i don't get food snobbiness that really just is beyond me people who are really really into like they need to have you know the uh dry age steaks even though I know they're good I, yeah. know, I know the food that they're talking about is good. Spend a whole bunch of money on truffles. Right. Yeah. Right? I, I don't get that. I oh. like, but I will say this. I don't necessarily think that I'm a food snob because I, I'll eat anything. I'll eat any crap. But I really like good food. And I really like cooking good food. Right. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's the snobbiness. It's the like oh you eat X. Like I've been I've been given a little uh, guff for shopping at Aldi. Why I don't know. They're just like oh well, there's that's... food there and it's cheap. It, my thoughts exactly. My thoughts <laughs> exactly. People are like what you don't go to Foxtrot where you can get a, a a Bordeaux from 1932. Yeah, which apparently was a good year for wine. I don't know. Well, you know it. it Aldi, Aldi is reasonably priced, and they have food there. I don't, quite, I don't quite understand what the problem is with shopping at Aldi. Every once in a while, every once in a while, my folks and I go to Aldi. Every once in a while, I mean, obviously, our, our loyalty is to Jewel. You know, which it has been my entire life, basically. But yeah, um, I guess. I mean, I guess the only thing I'm kind of snobby about, I guess, maybe. Every once in a while, I get snobby about movies, even though I like watching terrible movies. And every once in a while, I get snobby about music. So what do you get snobby about? 312-981-7200. Some people are foodies. Other people are uh, beer or wine snobs. What's that thing you've gotten really picky about? 312-981-7200. You know what the you know what you know it's it is beer beer snobbery has really exploded over the past uh, bunch of years. And it's tough because I'll be the first to say I love good like good craft, I guess they call it craft beer. Anything that's not Budweiser or something, anything that's not that is considered craft beer, even though Goose Island is distributed all over the United States. Well, yeah. Um, but they call it craft beer I'm like yeah, I remember but... When, I remember when Goose Island first opened we used to go there It was the only place that you could get Goose Island beer yeah. was the location on Clybourne. What was that back in like the late 80s yeah yeah. There? yeah 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 was a big deal it'd be a huge oh deal. I love that place man we used to go there and what you would do is you get it you get uh, and I think they I think they do this at a lot of brew pubs like my buddy Pete who uh who runs uh, Haymarket which is a great place. I mean, I don't drink anymore, but it's a great place, and he makes great beer. So, they put a placemat in front of you, uh, and there are circles for the glasses, and they they have the name of each beer in the circle, and then they put that beer. It's like a taste. It's like a tasting uh, mat. Right, right. So, and I think they do that. I'm pretty sure they do that at Haymarket, or I think in Haymarket they actually put them in like a container. Yeah, they call it it's like beer flights. Yeah, that's yeah, so what it is. Yeah. It. And they give you a bunch of different ones and little, little, small amounts of each one. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird how many people picked up on it, too. They were just ready to be beer snobs. They were ready to oh, be Oh man. Oh yeah. No, it, it, d- it, it debate the taste of an IPA and the nose on a on a German kolsch. It seemed to have happened like almost overnight. Like suddenly everybody was a beer snob and a beer expert. Um, But uh, you can be snobby about things It's alright 312-981-7200 The phone number is Glenn on WGN Go ahead Glenn Hey man, morning Nick How you doing? Alright, what's up?
8: Oh, Younger when we were growing up Or not growing up When we were struggling for money And that, we had no problems Buying Hamburger Helper Because it's cheap it was good But it's like I've come to the conclusion Now I'm making decent money That I refuse to buy Hamburger Helper okay this sounds a little snobbish maybe but i, happen to, I, 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 happen I have to, my fair share
0: i happen to love hamburger helper well, i uh, some I, of it is all right i love some it. Of it i love tuna helper i love i love tuna, helper, tuna, I love. Helper. Yeah. tuna helper man what other now, do, do they have lobster helper maybe that's what they should have glenn they should do lobster <laughs> tail helper,
8: lobster helper. yeah there you, know. you go yeah, yeah. yeah. all right yeah, okay. I'll pick
0: out the lob- all right glenn thanks all right, you're welcome. Glenn's, a, a, Glenn's a little snob, snobbish about uh, uh, Hamburger Helper. You've never had Tuna Helper? I've, I'm not a big tuna guy. Uh, I like tuna. It's I'm cool with it. I like tuna out of the can. I have some, I'll have a tuna sandwich every once in a while. N- not not super for me. I like it every once in a while when I get the hanger Yeah, for it. you like tuna casserole? Uh, it's been a long time since I've had one, but I, if someone gave me a tuna casserole, I'd tuna, eat it. Tuna Helper is like a tuna casserole, only it's not oh, a okay. casserole. Okay. I mean, it's it's Hamburger Helper. It's the same thing. But you use tuna instead of hamburger, right? I, I'm just saying there there might be a market for high end hamburger helper. <laughs> you just in, you use like I don't know uh, Angus beef or something like that for it, or uh, like I said, lobster tail, yeah, caviar helper. Oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, There's your big market. All right. Uh, what are you snobby about? Okay, you like hamburger helper are you snobby about it? 312-981-7200. Hello, Nick degilio here on 720 WGN. Live in the Skyline Studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago. We're here till 4 as we are every weeknight into the morning, 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. Uh, we're going to be talking about some uh, a guy that was arrested for swimming in a bass pro shop fish tank. Uh, unsold Guinness is being used to fertilize Christmas trees, which is just weird. Uh, and we're going to hear uh, some classic Johnny Carson in just a few minutes. We always play back at 2.30 every weekday morning. We play back some classic Johnny Carson. The Johnny Carson show you can watch on Antenna TV every night. And we're going to play uh, back a visit from park ranger Gus Grungy. Do we know what year that's from, Tom? What era, uh, what year the old Gus Grungy? Uh, I don't have a year, but let me give you the other guess. Okay. Carl Reiner, George Miller, Teresa Gansel. Okay, that would be in the 80s. That would be my guess. George Miller was a... It's not, that's not the, the George Miller... No, no, not that. Not Mad no. Max George Miller. George Miller was a stand-up comedian. Really weird guy. And a very fun. He was very funny. Very funny, but a little offbeat. I remember um, when um, they... They listed on uh on on you know, your TV menu who the guests were on the rerun of Johnny Carson. It said George Miller. Um one of my friends texted me and said, Hey man. It wasn't Johnny Carson, it was Letterman. Hey or was it Letterman? Yeah, whatever it was. It was a talk show. And uh this, you know, my friend texted me and he said, Hey, George Miller's gonna be on uh, you know, and I'm like, It's not the it's not the same George Miller, it's not Mad Max George Miller Couldn't see George Miller doing the late night talk show circuit. So, hey, are you a snob or a slob? No, that was it. That was it wasn't that the, that was the catchphrase for yeah. Caddyshack, right? Well, yeah, snobs versus slobs. Snobs versus slobs. It's like a whole subgenre of yeah. 80s movie. Yep. So, uh, we're talking about being uh, a little bit snobby about things. Um, so let's see, here is Terry on WGN. Go ahead, Terry.
7: Hey, Nick, good morning. Um, yeah, my, my snobbery is, is beer and I'm about 60 years old and my beer drinking days are pretty much behind me. But about 10 years or so ago, a friend of mine introduced me to Belgian beers and particularly Belgian beers from, from Hopleaf up on Andersonville, Sure, I know you're familiar with Andersonville.
0: I, I, Hop, and, Leaf. Hop Leaf has great beer. I mean, I'm not a drinking man anymore, but I drank at Hop Leaf a lot.
7: And, and I have as well. And what what kind of made me a snob was instead of drinking several beers over the course of several hours, we you know when we were a little bit younger, I would go in there late afternoon. It wouldn't open until 3 o'clock, I think. It would be maybe 4, 30, 5 o'clock, and you'd sit at the bar and you would drink these fairly expensive, very high in alcohol, um, heavy beers over the course of a couple of hours. And I would drink maybe two or three, and I might spend $20 total, including the tip. And you would talk to other people at the bar about the different, you know, qualities and properties and where the beers came from and the monks and all that stuff. And over the course of time, I guess I became a bit of a beer snob in that I really don't drink any other beer because the experience of drinking a Belgian beer is, is so uh, it gets you immersed in so many things beyond just, you know, the hops and the barley and the malt that I've, I've tended to kind of become uh, a, a snob about Belgian beer versus anything else.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that'll happen when you hang out at hop leaf
7: and 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 you have a couple of beers over two hours and get a little bit tipsy
0: yep okay thanks okay thanks
7: nick
6: Take care bye right,
0: bye uh let's see here's steve on wgn hey steve
6: hi nick uh, this is about my little sister when uh she first got married and uh got pregnant they decided to get a house so they left roscoe village and moved to Deerfield about a year and a half later i'm talking to her and i said how things in lake county she goes i don't want to admit it but we became snobs and i said what was that and uh, she goes well 93 percent lean ground beef somebody does our yard we have a cleaning lady over <laughs> I, I said well um that's your life now
0: wow all right okay steve thanks yep. <clears throat> so you know talking about being a beer snob that is it. That is it. That is a thing, and it became very, very popular just uh, years ago. But I will say this: this Haymarket Brewing, as I mentioned before, um, is a is a great place if you're a drinker. I'm not a drinker anymore, but if you if you um, if you go there, you're going to get a, 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 an incredible amount of great beer. Um, now the beer that the beer that they have over at Haymarket that that is probably was my favorite. Was a beer called Matthias Imperial IPA? Have you ever had? Have you been to Haymarket? Um, I have not. I know they did. They do the drinking and writing theater yes. thing. Okay, yeah, because I think they used to broadcast that on my college station. Mm-hmm. Um, so i I had heard it before. Well, uh, I'd heard of the, it. You know, the beer the beer there made by Pete Crowley. Pete Crowley is like the master. He's the master brewer. He, he's the brew master. Yeah. He's the man. And um he they brew a beer there called Matthias Imperial IPA and it's it's unbelievable and the thing is though like the first time i tried it it's dark and it's rich and it's got a really good flavor it tastes fantastic but it's 9% that could be dangerous and he you know Pete didn't tell me this so I'm down in them because they're going, it they, they doesn't taste, because a lot of times when you have a beer that's, that's got a high alcohol content, you can tell it, you can taste it. You know what I mean? There's like an aftertaste or you can really taste the alcohol. Matthias is so smooth that you will not taste the alcohol. 9%. That's dangerous. Um, I, I had like three of them and I got up to go to the bathroom. I went, whoa, Hey, what the hell? And then he goes, 9%, buddy. I'm like, oh, Thanks. appreciate that thanks for the heads up pete thank you now i'm gonna stagger to the can if you don't mind (laughs) no but it's the the beer snobbery is that's a that's a very pop i gotta say that's a really popular one you know what i mean yeah and and i don't mean it to say i don't think we either of us mean to say that it's not it's a bad thing to have good taste oh no of course good taste is good it's just you know don't don't turn down a hams, you know, just because yeah. you're used to, you know, Belgian ale well, brewed is... by monks in the 18th century But or that's the, like that's, that. But that's the thing, though. Like, once you start dissing stuff like Schlitz, because you're now drinking these, you know, craft brews, there's nothing wrong. You, you know what? F- uh, four months ago, you were drinking Schlitz, and now suddenly you're like, oh, I can't drink that anymore. Can't we all just get along? I mean, come on. But... Uh, but a good, you know, like back when I was a drinking man, I liked craft beers. You know, like I said, Haymarket's great. Pete does an amazing job. I first met him; he was uh, he was the brewer at Rock Bottom. That's when I first met him, and uh, really good guy, really good guy. And drinking, and writing, I knew the guys in drinking, and writing. So, um, but yeah, I had them on the show many times back when I was a, when I was a drinker. They would bring me uh, growlers. From there you market. go. There you go. And they would they would bring me like one of one one of a different kind, and then of course they would always bring me a growler of Matthias. The perks of fame. So you know, I go home, get knocked on my ass drinking with <laughs> drinking Matthias. <laughs> yeah, seriously. The first time I, the first time I tried it, Tom, I got up and I went, "Whoa, wait. Hey. You know, because I had a high tolerance when I was a drinking man. I had a high tolerance. I could drink a lot. Um. When you're an alcoholic, that happens. You build up, you, you build up your tolerance. Tends to, yeah, yeah, yeah. People would be, we people would be shocked by the amount of booze that I could put back, back when I was a drinking man. So, but then people like it ricochets and stuff. They just got used to it. Uh, he wants another shot of Jameson. Okay. <laughs> Nothing to see here. It's just Nick drinking a half a bottle of Jameson. Okay, we've got some things that snobs say confirmed by science. I love that it is confirmed by science, Tom. Five things every snob says confirmed by science. So we're going to talk about being a snob and what are you snob? What are you snobby about? You know, we were just talking about the the snobbiness of beer, which is a very popular one. Food, a lot of a lot of food snobs out there, and that kind of falls under the same area as beer because now you know everybody's a food snob because there's nine thousand food shows on TV and people go to restaurants and they take pictures of their dinners before they eat it. That's something I don't understand. And I've noticed that people being you know, have you noticed this Tom on your on your on your news feeds and stuff on the intranets? Have you noticed um a, 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 a major increase in pictures of what people are eating in their house? Uh, a little bit. Like what they're cooking and what they're eating? I mean, it's, it, that's, a, that's a popular thing anyway for people to post, but sure. since the pandemic... Well, now you want to see what it's like, you can come I, up with. Yeah, I don't care. I don't want to know what you're eating. I don't care what you're eating. All I do is get jealous, you know? That's all that ever happens people cooking better things than I can ever cook. I'm, yeah. a, I'm not a bad You're eating cook. hamburger helper. Yeah. <laughs> tuna helper. Got the tuna helper out. Yeah. You got... You can't take a picture of Tuna Helper. That just does not play. No. All right. uh, Let's do this. Let's take a break. When we come back, time for classic Carson, a classic Carson clip. We will say hello to park ranger Gus Grungy, and then we'll get back to the conversation about being uh, a snob right here on 720 WGN. Pretty good song. Not bad. You've seen the concert movie, Give Me Shelter, right? one of my favorite movies of all time terrifying i mean really great movie one of my favorites Uh, it's nick digilio on 720 wgn hi you know i love it when both uh channels that we have on in here are are running the same infomercial but they're like 30 seconds off it's the new wave bravo air fry air fryer it's not the Emerald one because Emerald's got an air fryer too that he does a infomercial for. Um, all right, boy, late night TV. And then on the other channel are those idiots, the the idiots, the Joker idiots, Impractical Jokers. Yeah, quality television on uh, this morning. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. It's Nick DiGilio on seven twenty WGN. Uh, we're going to get back to uh, talking about being a snob. What are you snobby about? 312-981-7200. We've got a couple of funny stories uh, that we're going to get to as well, some random stuff. And, again, anytime you want to jump in, 312-981-7200. Right around this time, every weekday morning, we like to go back to the wonderful Johnny Carson show, which you can see every night on Antenna TV, and we play some classic Johnny Carson, whether it's some stand-up or a sketch or an interview. Well, right now, we're going to get a visit from Park Ranger Gus Grungy.
4: During this summer, many Americans visit our national parks and forests. Camping out can be very exciting, but there are many dangers. The Tonight Show, is a public service, is pleased to present one of the nation's foremost authorities on surviving in the wilderness. Joining us now live from Yellowstone National Park is a veteran park ranger. Welcome, Ranger Gus Grungy. <laughs> I'd take care of that. Oh, you just threw some water
9: on a campfire? No, on a couple lying beside a campfire. <laughs> Get out of the park and take those batteries with you. Uh, I've been here every weekend. Don't make it nice for decent folk. I say, I a su- decent park for decent folk to spend a summer vacation.
4: I suppose the leading cause of forest fires <laughs> is the carelessness of humans. Why do you suppose that? I don't know, I just imagined that from my...
9: Well, you suppose wrong.
4: Really? A lot of people do. Actually, it's the
9: carelessness of rabbits. Rabbits? Yes, they're the main reason to forest fire. How can that be? Well, you know what rabbits do a lot, don't you? Yeah. Well, after every time they do it, they smoke a cigarette and they throw it in the woods.
4: I hear that bears can be very dangerous. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, indeed, they sure can. No Bears can be real dangerous. Yeah. Uh, How can you avoid being attacked by a bear? Glad
9: you asked that. One of the reasons to avoid being attacked by a bear, never wear these. What are they? Those are meat eyeglasses. (laughs) Bears will sniff those out right away.
4: Neat eyeglasses. Why? No, <laughs> just so like very unusual. Yes. Anything else? Yes, I think so. Would you uh, Would you take a minute to show it to us? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. the most dangerous
9: thing. Most dangerous thing in the woods. Yes. Yeah. Are these honey covered shorts? Bears love honey.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
9: Speaking of danger. danger you
4: like butt, Speaking, of da- Speaking of danger, a lot of people are afraid of snakes. I beg your pardon? A lot of people are afraid of snakes. Well, there's no need to be. No? No, you just think of snakes as long,
9: bald kitty cats without feet. <laughs> yeah. the way
4: people perceive snakes, oh, is the main thing. Bald no. kitty cats. What do you recommend for bugs? A bug spray? No, no. I'd recommend a, a bug roll on.
9: Hard part. Hard part is getting to hold their little arms up while you We have a lot of campers here in the
4: woods, don't we? <laughs> Ranger Gus, there are a lot of legends about creatures that inhabit these wilderness areas. It's true, you know. Once, once myself, I thought I'd spotted
9: Bigfoot. Oh, what? I said, oh, oh. <laughs> Where does it say you say oh? <laughs> well, it wasn't Bigfoot. Turned out to be Ed Meese jaywalking through Yellowstone Park. He's <laughs> attorney general, you know. Yeah. Oh. Um, What
4: happens? What happens if you're lost in the woods? Well, many people get lost in woods, but that's easy.
9: You can, well, you can get your directions from the sun. Well, how do you do that? Like this. Hey, son, I'm lost. (laughs) Turn left at the tree, Dad. Thank you, son.
4: How do you feel about endangered species? Well, I think we're two of them ourselves. Right here.
9: <laughs> well, I'm doing what I can for the bald eagle. But what are you doing? Well, I got one of them, Yul Brenner's part, and the king and I.
4: <laughs> Living in a national park, you must be able to recognize an animal by the sound it makes.
9: Oh, yes, I can tell most of those sounds. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, yes. You hear that? Yeah. That's a woodpecker.
2: Oh.
9: That's a coyote. What was that? I don't know what the hell that was. That was supposed to be a woodpecker running under a coyote's leg, but what that was, I don't...
4: That, that boggles me. Yeah. Now, boy, it must be lonely for you out here in the woods by yourself.
9: Right now, it's the loneliest I've ever felt. Even even with you and me here together, this is I'm talking I'm talking world class loneliness lonely. right now. Well, I'm used to being lonely. Oh. Last year, I had a season ticket behind Bob Euchre at the ballpark. That's about as lonely as you can yeah. get. Are you married? Well, I was. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> Matter of fact, the missus, she lived with me right here and right here in the woods. But oh. well, she,
4: she passed away last year. Oh, I'm sorry. How, how did that happen? She was eaten by sharks. <laughs> uh, eaten by sharks in the middle of the woods? How was that possible? Listen to this one. <laughs> what was that again? How was that possible? Eaten by sharks in the middle of the woods?
9: Well, it almost wasn't possible. I had a hell of a time dragging that sucker from the ocean on my hands.
4: What do you do for
9: companionship? Well, you know, I, I teach a troop of Cub Scouts about the outdoors. And I teach their den mother about the indoors. The den mother, we gotta run now. Ranger Gus <laughs> is gonna show you how to start a fire by rubbing ourselves together. Let's <laughs> see <laughs>
0: I don't know if I've ever seen him do that character. I don't know if it was a regular character. I don't think it was. Park Ranger Gus Grungy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Johnny Carson is funny. Ed McMahon's a good straight man for him, too. It's always it's always really funny when the when the sketch doesn't go very well, like when the jokes start bombing. You remember the last Karnak we played? He screwed up the last, yeah, and he just walked off the stage. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's always. I mean, when Johnny when Johnny's monologue didn't go very well, he handled it great. It was always. It was always. I mean, it was even kind of funnier when he, when he'd bomb during the monologue, just because of the reaction that he would have. The audience ate it up. He definitely knew how to uh, tap dance. Oh yeah, well wow, he was genius. the best He was the best, Johnny Carson was the best I mean, you know, Craigie Ferg Is, uh, you know, right there with him As far as I'm concerned per- my, Me personally, I love Craig Ferguson He was great reason I love Craig Ferguson i mentioned this a million times Is because that show was basically completely improvised Completely He would tell maybe one or two jokes That the writers would write And then he'd just go off and he really did have a staff that wrote questions for the celebrities and he really did tear those questions up <laughs> right before the interview so i wonder if he would have to approve the questions and that not- i don't even think he looked at them all right to be to be quite frank i don't even think he looked at them yeah so they could have written anything yeah so yeah i don't know but that show was just so amazing him and Josh Robert Thompson. And my future ex-wife, the lovely Dana DiLorenzo, was on there for a little while. It's great. She's got great stories about working on that show. I'm friends with Josh Robert Thompson on, uh, on the Facebook. He posts some very funny videos. I've had him on the show a couple of times. He's really talented. So, all right, well, every, uh, every morning around 2.30, we play some classic Johnny Carson. We'll do it again tomorrow. Um, we're going to get back to our conversation about snobs. What are you snobby? What, 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 what subject are you snobby about? You can be a snob. 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. Hey, Nick Degilio here on 720 WGN. We're live in the Skyline studio. We're here till 4 o'clock. At 4 o'clock, we head over to Bradley Place, the TV side of WGN, and get some uh, early morning news from them. And then it's the great Bob Surratt at 5 o'clock for your, drive, for your morning drive. We're going to talk about uh, a man arrested for swimming in a Bass Pro Shop fish tank and how unsold Guinness is being uh, used to fertilize Christmas trees and other weird things. And the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom here on 720 WGN. Okay, we're talking about being a snob. And uh, we were talking about beer snobs and food snobs, and sometimes um, I'm a movie snob. Sometimes I'm a music snob. Same thing with uh, with Tom. So that's what we're talking about. If you want to jump in, we've got some things that every snob says confirmed by science. Uh, let's go to the phones. Here's Elizabeth on WGN. Go ahead, Elizabeth.
3: Yes, I'm snobby about where I live. I live in Riverside, Illinois. It's known as Village in the Forest. It's designed by Frederick Law Olmsted, who designed Central Park in New York City. A lovely, beautiful place along the Desplains
0: River. Right. Oh, okay, Elizabeth. Thank you. Right, okay, bye. 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 Now be about where she lives. Sounds beautiful. I don't think I've ever been there. Been to the Desplains River, but I don't know if I've been to that actual section. All right, here's uh, Glenn on WGN. Go ahead, Glenn.
8: Hey Nick, I'm a stop about hot dogs. Anything other than ballpark with Vienna beef or Oscar Mayer or Hebrew National, I won't eat.
0: You you won't eat anything besides those,
8: right? And also, unlike the other Glenn who called, I love Hamburger Helper.
0: <laughs> All right, we got some uh, we get some uh, love for Hamburger Helper this morning. Okay, Glenn, thanks.
8: All right, take care, Nick. Okay, man.
0: Glenn. uh... You know, rattled off those uh, brands of hot dogs. That's what we were talking about the other day, the other morning. And it was, uh, it was. W- what came in first? Is it Hebrew National? No, it was uh, Boar's Head. Oh right, Boar's I've never tried their. I've never tried their uh, hot dogs. So I have had their cold cuts, quite good. I think that's something that people uh, could stand to be more snobby about. Maybe what getting your cold cuts. Because obviously it's easier to get the ones that are already pre-packaged, pre-sliced. You and mean anything. like the ham with the cheese specks in it, Oscar Meyer? I think I just dry heaved a little bit, you mentioning that. I love oh my God. the ham and cheese slices. No, I mean, when you go to your, your supermarket, and you go to your, your jewels, your whatever, if they have a deli counter, you know, I just have found every single time it is so much more worth it to go, go the extra dollar or so. Mm-hmm. Get the get the good slice. Get it sliced how you want it. Get the good cold cuts, and it'll up your sandwich experience tenfold. Ham tenfold. with cheese specks. Yeah, I'm, che- has, I'm done. Right, I'm not ha- going ha- ha- to talk ha- to you about ha- this. 312-9817-200. The Oscar Mayer. It's a square slice of ham, and it's got specks of cheese throughout the, the slices. And actually, when you peel the slice off. You know the slice, you know, because they're all like you know they're all stuck together in the in the package. When you peel the slice off, some of the little specks of cheese come out and are on the next piece. (laughs) Oscar Mayer ham and cheese loaf. That's what it is, ham and cheese loaf, made with real craft cheese. Sounds great. Are you looking at a picture of it? I am, and uh, it doesn't look great you could also get fisher's ham and cheese loaf.
5: I don't think I've ever had fisher's yeah, they, ham and cheese get, loaf. Does it look different. does it look it's like
0: identical. Identical. Okay. Ham and cheese nope. loaf, man, you don't know what you're missing. 312-981-7200. Um okay, snobs. Here's what some some snobby things that uh that snobs say. Uh and don't and, you know Tom's being snobby about the ham and cheese loaf right now. <laughs> I grew up eating that stuff. I mean, I know a lot of people find it disgusting, and it's clearly processed like mad. But uh, I, I like it. Yeah, I'm a fan. Uh, five snobby comments science say aren't true. Then they just looked at it, They proved it wrong because these are five things that every snob says and is confirmed by science. But first, Larry, let's go to Larry on WGN. Hey, Larry. Hey,
7: Nick. Are you talking about this? I'm on my way to work now, but for lunch, I I, get, I buy those, the Big Kings Hawaiian buns. Yeah. Yeah. And I I take the ham and, that's what I got, ham and cheese loaf, but I cut it in corner, uh, four corners, three slice, and I put a, a slice of butter under two of them when I stack them, and then you melt them in the uh, microwave, just the butter. Oh, man, that's great. <laughs> But you know what else is good? Mm. Uh, make some pasta and just take cottage cheese, melt it with butter, and mix it together, cottage cheese and noodles.
0: Never. I I, I love cottage cheese. But, Try it. Oh, uh, okay. I'll, I'll trust it's, you on that. Oh, man, it's a meal in itself. Yeah, I bet it is.
7: Okay, Larry, thanks. Yeah, but the, uh, you got to use the Kings Hawaiian buns.
0: Okay. All right, Larry, thanks. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's a meal going down is just as much as it is coming back up. Noodles and, and cottage no, cheese. And butter melted. Oh my god. And I'm a cottage cheese. Uh I happen to do you like cottage cheese? On occasion. I love cottage cheese. Um sometimes the the texture gets to me a little bit. So like do you ever get really runny cottage cheese? Sure. It's terrible. You stir it. Well, yeah, but like sometimes, <laughs> if it's if it's not good cottage cheese, it's going to stay runny. It's not going to be good. There's yeah. such thing as low quality cottage cheese. I guess I've never run into a cottage cheese that I don't like. Is that is that is that your business card? Yeah, never Makes run into a know. cottage cheese that I don't like.
2: <laughs> Jeez.
0: Yeah. No. I. You know. I know a lot of people are grossed out by cottage cheese. You know, some people put fruit in their cottage cheese. Yeah, I've had I've had cottage cheese and like grapes. Yeah, that's pretty good. We in pi- pineapples and stuff. Like Pine- that. Yeah, sure, sure. But um, I prefer my cottage cheese just straight up cottage cheese. Cottage cheese straight, no chaser. That's exactly right. Oh my god! <laughs> I knew a guy who put sugar on his cottage cheese. He, of course, he put sugar on everything. This guy. Well, that, he was he that was, a, he, needed, was a, he was a maniac. Need some help. Sugar on his cottage cheese. And I, I remember I was in I was in his house, I was in, in his kitchen. He pulls out the container of cottage cheese and he pour, starts pouring sugar in there and I'm like, What the hell are you doing? He's like, Uh I love I love sugar with my cottage cheese. He was a hyper dude. Yeah, he <laughs> make it sound like it. Because yeah, he put sugar on everything. He's a maniac. But uh yeah, I would never put sugar on cottage cheese. Some people salt it. I can understand that. Salt, I can see. Yeah. I just like it straight up. Do you prefer the large curd or the small curd? I'm going to say a large. Yeah. Large curd. I mean, I'll eat them both. Because you've never run into a cottage cheese that I didn't, you didn't. like. I kind of want to see if I could push that theory. I want to see if I could find a cottage cheese that you don't like. It's going to be tough you know when we get when we get past all this pandemic stuff we should do a taste test of cottage cheese <laughs> we'll get marnie in. Here. get marnie in here and we'll do a taste test of cottage hey cheese. marnie how do you feel about cottage well cheese? that's the thing we she, we have to find out if she likes it because not a lot of you know not everybody likes cottage cheese well what could be more fun than n- not just taste testing a bunch of cottage cheese but forcing someone who doesn't like cottage <laughs> cheese to sample several cottage cheeses yeah um I've always liked it. I've I, ever since I was a little kid, and I, I remember you know my friends thinking it was gross, and they're like, "Why would you eat that?" Because it's good. <laughs> no accounting for taste. Because it tastes good. What is it? What is it? Pulp fiction? Because bacon tastes good when they're in the diner. I, can... <laughs> I do I don't eat on swine. <laughs> Samuel L Jackson uh, all right uh, so we still haven't gotten to the snob stuff we're going to get to that and we've got a couple of other stories that we're going to get to. A guy got busted for swimming in a I don't even understand this story he got busted for swimming in a bass pro shop fish tank and Guinness is being used to fertilize Christmas trees but we're going to continue talking about snobbish things three one two nine eight one seven two hundred what are you snobby about? Here on WGN, the news is up. (laughs) All right. Hello. Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN. And we are live in the Skyline studio here on the 18th floor, uh, downtown Chicago. And uh, coming up at 4 o'clock, we head over to Bradley Place, the TV side of WGN, and get some early morning news from them. And then the great Bob Surratt at 5 o'clock with your morning drive. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. Uh, and you can call the Team Hochberg phone line. And uh, we're t- we're talking about what snobs say. What are you snobby about, Tom? Do you do you know anybody who are who are really big snobs? Anybody in your family? Um, I I my brothers a little bit at times. In uh, what in what regard? Fashion. Fashion. Yeah. Turn fashion. Lift. Yeah. All right, my. uh my my middle brother is really into um really into design and stuff okay so <laughs> when i visit him at his apartment everything's like real minimalist and stuff like that and he's really into having uh, uh plants and succulents everywhere jeez but he's he's really talented but it's because he's got that discerning eye people who have that sort of graphic artist thing going on in their heads yeah they they can do incredible work, but they are uncompromising. They really don't like to compromise because they've got a vision in their head of what something should look like and what it should be, and if it's not that, they get a little bit testy. Okay. But uh yeah, fashion. All right. Get a little snobby in the get a snobby in the fashion world. Uh, that's a, that's a world that I think is filled with snobs. That it would is. be my guess. Mhm. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't know if you've ever. I, I watched the Met that Met Gala. uh know, Yeah. Get, yes. Where everybody dresses yes. up and everything like that. Yeah. Biggest waste of time I've ever seen. Yeah. I think it's. I mean, good for them. Whatever. I, you know, different strokes. At the end of the day, who cares? It doesn't hurt me. Some of the stuff they wear is hilarious, though. It is. It is, and uh, who want? You know, it's like, oh, who are you wearing? Who are you wearing Vera Wang or something well, like that? Well, I mean, that. that's yeah. at every awards show. Every Yeah, just cut, it, cut the crap. Every awards, sh- but that's part of it, man. The Oscars could be an hour and a half if we just cut half of that, but that's neither here nor there. It's neither here nor there right now. That's part of the fun of watching the the Oscars is watching the the you know, the interviews beforehand and what they what are you wearing and all that stuff. I think that's part of the fun. It's only once a year, man. You know? So, although Rheon Seacrest is a uh, is pretty annoying. <laughs> uh, let's see. Here is uh, Jim on WG. And hi, Jim.
6: Hi. I just wanted to say first of all that I listen to the show, show all the time, but I've never called. But once you got on the um, the um, category of cheese loaf, I figured it was way too important to call. Oh. So any. So anyway, cheese loaf, you're right on the money. Great. But a snobbier side of that, and I don't understand why this, why they still make it, is olive loaf. It's also referred to as pimento loaf. Yep. So you've got the cheese meat with the olives or pimentos. That's the most horrible thing I've ever tried. I don't really understand why they keep on manufacturing it.
0: Um, um, I, I I love olive loaf.
6: Okay, you're probably the only one in, and that's probably why they manufacture it. Um, <laughs> the second the second comment I had was on um, cottage cheese. I think cottage cheese is pretty consistent as long as it's chilled or cold. Um, but the one thing that I don't like is coleslaw. Why isn't there a standard for coleslaw? I, I like KFC coleslaw. It's pretty decent. I've had coleslaw at barbecues and stuff like that. It's very good. But there's some coleslaw out there that is so average, and I don't understand why there isn't a standard set for coleslaw, um, just to make it halfway decent with a decent taste instead of some of the plain ones that you get all the time. Anyway, that's my comment. Thanks. Okay,
0: thanks, Jim. Where Yeah, where's the governing body on coleslaw? Well, there's two different kinds of coleslaw. Okay. You got your mayonnaise-based coleslaw, and you got your vinegar-based coleslaw. It's okay. just cabbage. It is. A bunch of cabbage and, and some spices. I, I think Jim has a point where you can get some really bad slaw. Yeah, you can. I mean, that's true of a lot of different foods. KFC's coleslaw is great. It's great coleslaw. But he's he's right about cottage cheese. It's basically all pretty good. Yeah. Like, there is great cottage cheese, and then there's like okay cottage cheese, but it's never really bad. No, but I mean, you know, there are different ways of making coleslaw, and some people don't know how to make coleslaw. Are you, do you prefer the mayo or the vinegar? I, mayo. Mayo based. Yeah, I mean, I like them both. I'll eat them both if it's done well enough. But yeah, there, there's a a very wide range of quality when it comes to slaw. The 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 KFC coleslaw is mayo based, and so and, and I think Popeye's coleslaw is mayo based too. That's a good slaw. Yes, it is a good slaw. But KFC's got the best coleslaw. They've got the best coleslaw. No, I'm a fan. I I like coleslaw. You got little carrots in there too. Yep, a little red cabbage. You know. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. But yeah, I like the mayo. I mean, I like. I like. I said, I like them both, but I prefer the mayo-based coleslaw. Don't leave that out. You know, if you're at a barbecue, don't leave that out in the sun all day. <laughs> Seriously, I've been to barbecues where they've had the they've had the coleslaw out in the out on the out on the patio. like 80 degrees outside and you're like i'm not eating that coleslaw hey guys i brought you a bowl of warm coleslaw yeah so it's terrible uh here is uh mike on wg and hey mike
5: yeah hi i've become uh very picky about types of wine that I drink. I only drink the high alcohol wine, mainly because it's dry. Matter of fact, that's the one way you can tell if wine is sweet or dry without even tasting or even smelling it. The higher the alcohol percentage, the drier it is. It's a, it's a fact. Believe it or not.
0: Okay, that's interesting.
5: And sweet wines are just crap like ripple and boone's farm from many years ago they're like kool-aid with a bunch of sugar you know yeah but dry wines there's a type of wine uh, you can find in the chicago area called taylor 18 percent alcohol they've got port wine and cream sherry instead of 18 it's a good butt kicker if you want to get to sleep <laughs>
0: yeah all right all right mike
5: there you go
0: now that is a that that the world of wines snob, yeah, yeah. Being a bar back at a at a high end steakhouse, you learn a lot about wine. Not not that I did not know that though. About the the dryness and the alcohol content being yeah. correlated, but um, just yeah. you know you want to you want to talk about a wine snob, Paul Giamatti's character, yeah, in yeah. in, uh, in Sideway, <laughs> sideways sideways yeah. big wine snob. Uh, my favorite, my favorite, one of my favorite moments in that movie, and again, one of my favorite movies of all time, is with Tom when they're doing wine. They're at a, they're at a, you know, they're at a vineyard and they're doing a wine tasting. And uh, he's like, "Okay, now smell it," you know. And he's trying to teach him how to, you know, swirl the swirl the wine around, let it breathe, get your nose in there, and yeah. all that stuff. And then, like, he's teaching him how to do this. Thomas A. Church is doing it, and then they take a sip of the wine, and he goes, "Are you chewing gum?" oh man i love that movie wine 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 i love that movie all right uh hang on let's take a quick break here when we come back we'll jump back into more snobby things if you want to be a snob be a snob 312, 312 981 7200 all right hey it's nick digilio live in the skyline studio here on wgn here until Four o'clock, as we are, every weekday night into morning, 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. Uh, coming up at four o'clock, we head over to Bradley Place, the TV side of WGN, and get some really morning news from that great group. And then uh, the great Bob Surratt has your morning drive. 312-981-7200. We're going to get into some uh, snobby things. What are you snobby about? 312-981. And uh, do you like ham and cheese loaf? <laughs> Oscar Mayer ham and cheese loaf. That should be banned. It's delicious. It be banned from stores. It is delicious with the little specks of cheese throughout the square slice of ham. <laughs> I'll try it live on the air. I'll do it. It's delicious. I'll eat the whole pack. Yeah, I'll just I'll throw it to you like a dog. You know? Yeah. Here's Linda on WGN. Hi, Linda.
3: How are you today?
2: All
0: right. What's up?
3: Well, you want to know about I got two things one snobs, I hate people that lie, and if I see you and I think that I know you're a liar, I avoid you at every cost
9: okay
0: I don't think I don't think My that, second thing, I don't think that's outrageous
3: <laughs> Oh I've met a few but the second thing is cottage cheese. I usually get the small curd and then you chop up little pieces of onion and green pepper and put in it.
0: Oh, that sounds good. Sure that tastes. It is. I'm sure that tastes great.
3: Yep. And then a little bit of salt. Okay. But you put that in there. Sometimes you can even put little pieces of carrots in there, too. But green pepper and onion is all I ever use.
0: Okay. Okay, Linda, thanks.
3: Thank you, Take hon. Care. Have a good night. All right. 312-981-7200
0: is the phone number. Robert's on WGNA. Hey, Robert.
8: Hey, good morning, Nick. Um, you want to talk about snobs, Harley-Davidson, Oh, Harley Davidson riders, yeah, 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 yeah. I own a BMW 1000, and I, oh, they they just frown upon you if you're driving, as they call it, rice hmm But uh, and and a BMW is actually made in Germany. You're right. to, those, to the to, to the Harley Davidson guys, but you talk about snobs. They are.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've heard that. I've actually encountered that too, Robert. Yeah.
8: Oh my god! And they just free and, and I always give them crap. I say, hey, you yeah. know, by the way, your motorcycle now is built in Japan. Yeah, right. um, you know. Right. But uh, as far as food goes, I'm like you, Nick. I hate liver, but I love liver sausage.
0: I love liver. And and I I love liver I, and sausage, I, and I also love liver.
8: Oh, see, so you like I don't like liver. And as far as doing crazy things, I got busted in 1979 for having sex. With a
0: Coca Cola machine. Okay, Robert, uh, we're going to end but on there that. there was a we're lot gonna... of drugs. There was a lot we're, of drugs yeah. that were okay. involved in that. All right, we're going to end. We're going we're to end on that note, Robert. Thanks for the call. Did you expect to hear that sentence this morning? You I know, got arrested I'm... in 1979 for having sex with a coke machine. Is that is that a is that a sentence that you normally hear? Now, believe it or not, believe it or not, I did because he's told me that story before. Oh. <laughs> Robert. (laughs) Did he just need to tell it on the air? Is that what the... You know, well, he's tying it in, I think, with the guy who jumped into the Bass Pro Shops. Oh, I see. Yeah. It's a little different. It's a little different. I mean, the guy, as far as I know, did not uh, copulate with the fish, but hey, you know. He said there were a lot of drugs involved. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. All right, you ready for some things that snobs say? Yes. Books are just better than Kindles. God, I've said that. Well, yeah, it. I don't think that's a snobbish thing to say, and I agree with it. Well, I could see where it would be a little bit snobby because, you know, who cares? You're reading the book anyway. Yeah, but I like books. I like the physical. It's, I, well, I like to have a physical book in my hand when listen, I'm reading Listen, it is fine to have. I have that same preference. I love having the book in my hand. I like the smell of the book. Yeah. I've got a copy of that Beastie Boys book, beautiful hardcover. Yeah. You know, and that thing weighs 40 pounds. It does i I beat someone to death with it the other day, yeah, uh, and you know it's it's nice to have a nice, big, beautiful book, especially if it's in hardcover or something like that. but if you're just reading the latest uh romance novel with Fabio on the cover, it's just as good on your Kindle, yeah how about this? another thing that um snobs say you don't understand me, I'm just on another level. Come on, man who who would say that? snobs you don't understand me i'm just on another level you've never said I've, no you've never gotten to that that point no of course not i would never say that can you think of the snobbiest thing you might have said to someone the worst time you ever had to you know it was probably snobb- when i was it was probably when i was in my 20s my, my guess mm-hmm. it's a very snobby time yeah i was probably in my 20s when i said i don't know what I i'm said. in the thick of it I may have it may have been like you don't know what you're it was probably about a movie or something I was like you don't know what you're talking about I know so much more than you do about movies it was probably something along those lines Ninja 3 The Domination is a masterpiece yeah you don't know what you're talking about it's on another level yeah right. how about this you have to go back to nature for a better perspective you know (laughs) a little snobby I mean they're not wrong on a certain level yeah nature's fun Um, How about this? Two more things that the snobs say. Classical music is more intellectually stimulating. No. Not that I don't like classical music, but I would never say that. You know what's intellectually stimulating? Yes. Little Rick Wakeman. Yeah. That's intellectually stimulating. Oh, yeah. People would love it when I was at Ricochet's and I would play Close to the Edge. Such a jerk. And you and I. I would play, and you and I, which is 18 and a half minutes long. <laughs> You're probably lucky that you were a regular, and they were just like, well, we can't kick him out because he's just going to keep coming back. Well, he, can't, he can't kick him out because he's going to spend a ton of money today because yeah. he's a drunk. <laughs> listen, I got kids I got to put through college. That's right, and this guy's going to put my kids through college single-handedly. And if it means I have to listen to Closer to the Edge a couple of times yeah. every week, I think I'll pay for that. Always more than a couple of times every <laughs> every-, <laughs> <week>. <laughs> every night? <laughs> Well, I'll never forget the time that the 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 guy played the 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 entire long version of of uh, Autobahn by Kraftwerk, and I, I, I was like, "What the hell?" That's like twenty five minutes long. It's an entire LP side. It's twenty twenty five minutes. After about seven minutes, we were like, "What?" You and, feel like you're on the Autobahn. Oh, no, it's ridiculous! Like, and then it just kept going and kept going and kept going, and people were looking at each other in the bar. Not sure how much time has passed. And but I will say this, it did increase drink sales. <laughs> listen, if I got to sit here for 25 minutes and listen to this crap, give me another shot. You're not a craftwork fan? Not for tw- I don't want to hear the 25-minute Autobahn. Fair enough. I mean, it's a, it's a repetitive song as it is in the five-minute version. And then finally, taking a year off to travel really broadened my perspective for people that study abroad in college. That's yeah. a common one. Yeah. We get it. You went to Europe and you drank for 6 months. Get over it. What are you going to do after you uh after you get out of after you get out of uh, uh, high school? Before you go to college, I'm going to take a year off and hike. <laughs> All right, man. I'll take fries of that, by the way. Yeah. I'm going to take a year off and hike. Well, it's like, you know, you know that movie, or the book, Into the Wild, and then the subsequent yeah. film. Yeah. They recently had to remove the bus. You remember that bus that, that he lived, lived on? In? Yeah, They had to remove it because so many people went looking for it for their spiritual journey. Oh, really? To, people were dying out there because that's what happened to him. He died. Yeah, well, why would you do that? I mean, if you've read the book or you've seen the movie, you know it doesn't end well. It does not end well for that guy. They had to they had to airlift the bus out That's of the ridiculous. Canadian wilderness. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's completely ridiculous. Uh, but I I always like the uh, I'm going to take a year off and hike. <laughs> That's always my favorite. I'm going to see the world. I'm going to ride the rails. Yeah, man. But you know what? Uh, it's not really my thing. But traveling traveling is a really cool thing, and you know. To see the world is pretty awesome. I've only I've, the only other place I've been uh, outside of the United States is is Ireland, and it was the best trip I've ever gone on in my life. Um, so I can I can understand why people yeah. would find it really satisfying to yeah. just be out there and learn about what's going on in a different part of the world. But yeah, I still don't. You know, but you like, don't have to be a right jerk about it, man. I'm going to hike for a year. I've got my copy of On the Road. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> I love that book. But it's a great book. But, yeah, but uh, so I'm going to yeah, man. I got I my personal copy of On the Road. I'm going to bring with me. <laughs> Jack Kerouac. <laughs> it's a great book. A great book. But uh, did you see the movie with uh, Kristen Stewart? I did. Loved it. I love her. I love her. She's she's so good. All right, uh, we've got a few weird stories here. We've got a Louisiana man who faces charges for swimming in a sporting goods store fish tank. We have uh, unsold Guinness beers being used to fertilize Christmas trees. And a man takes 92 wet sponge hits to the face for a Guinness record. Will people do anything to get in the Guinness Book of Records? Is that the deal? Get hit in the face 92 times with a wet sponge just so you can get into the Guinness Book of World Records? Hey, if you want to jump in here, 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. Okay, we got some weather. It's going to be hot. Uh, It's going to suck. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, mixed sun and clouds by day, partly cloudy at night, hot and humid days, and warm, humid nights. Thunderstorms on Tuesday afternoon and evening, and they're also possible on Wednesday afternoon and evening. 91 for a high uh, today and uh, tomorrow, and uh, uh, lows in the mid-80s by the lake. For Thursday and Friday, partly sunny, hazy, hot, humid. Slight chance of isolated thunderstorms in the afternoon. High on Thursday and Friday, about 93, mid 80s by the lake. Saturday through Monday, high humidity haze and daytime heat continues. Tempered a bit on the uh, immediate lake shore, uh, shoreline <clears throat> by breezes. Sunshine and some cottony summertime clouds. Uh, high of 92 on Saturday. Sunday and Monday, 94. Good Lord. Um, O'Hare, 73 degrees. Midway right now, 76. And the Lakefront, 72. Here on 720 WGN. We'll be back. We're going to talk about uh, a few things. We're going to lead off with a guy who's uh, facing charges for swimming in a sporting goods store fish tank. You ever do anything weird? Like uh, Robert having sex with a Coke machine? 312-981-7200. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. And we're live in the Skyline Studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago, here till 4 o'clock. 312-981-7200. If you want to jump in here. If you've ever seen anybody do something crazy in a public place. Have you ever seen anybody do something crazy in a public place? Mm-hmm. I saw a guy get rejected uh, at a proposal. Oh, no. Yeah, Buckingham Fountain. Ooh. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one. Could you imagine, like, if you do one of those proposals, like, at a... Like at a ballpark? Yeah. Oh, my God, no. Like on the Jumbotron? Yeah, no, never. And then she goes, yeah, no. Or, uh, let me think about it. Yeah. I think those are super unfair. I think it's super unfair to do it that publicly. I mean, a restaurant, sure, you know, or maybe something like Buckingham Fountain. I mean, it's total. That's so different than like you know Lisa will you marry me on the mm-hmm. on the Goodyear blimp at Soldier Field the you two, can't do the, that the two times I proposed uh, Oh, I've never actually heard that I'm, I'm excited the Hold two on. times I proposed because I've been married twice for people who might not know um, I was living with both of the women at the time before you know before we got engaged so um, my first wife was a waitress and she used to wait. Uh, was it in a cocktail bar? No. No, it wasn't Human League. Um, what was the name? Bl- Blind Faith Cafe. Uh, it was, a, I don't know if it's still around. It was a vegetarian restaurant in Evanston. Vegetarian restaurant in Evanston. I think it was on Main. Um, and the food surprisingly good, considering that I'm an unapologetic carnivore. But the food, the food was surprisingly good. And so uh Blind Faith Cafe so she was a, she was a waitress there and she had worked like a, a really it was a Saturday Saturday and she came home she worked like a pretty long shift and we had a performance of White Trash Wedding in a Funeral that night at the Factory Theater which she was in So when she got home she's like I just want to take a nap so I had put the ring under her pillow you know and I was going to I was going to lay down with her and take a nap and I put the ring under her pillow and because normally she she was one of those you know you, you know the person who like sleeps with their hands underneath the pillow, that's what I do. Yeah, that's yeah, what she did. She did that all the time. Yeah. Okay, she decided at that time not to. We get into bed, and she just kind of like lays there on her back, doesn't do the normal thing that she did, which was put her hand under the pillow where I would hope I was hoping she would discover the ring.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So we're laying there, and so I start like panicking you know because you're nervous anyway when you're when you're going to propose to somebody it's kind of nerve-wracking you know so she did still doesn't do it she we're laying here for 20 minutes now and she's kind of fallen asleep so I wake her up and I said could you please look under the <laughs> look under the pillow and she looked under the pillow and she saw the ring and I said will you marry me and she said yes put the ring on and then she didn't take a nap because she she had to call everybody on. The well, line. yeah, I mean that goes without saying. So the second time, um, my second my second wife, we picked the ring out together. We ordered the ring. We had a buddy of cause a buddy of her brothers is a jeweler, and so he came over with a catalog, and we helped. We you know we picked up the ring, we designed it. So we she knew it wasn't going to be a surprise. My first wife didn't know that I got a ring. You know, we had planned this, but we didn't know when it was going to be delivered. That was the thing. So it was delivered while she was at work and I ran outside and picked it up. It was delivered by the jeweler himself. So I ran out and I picked it up. And so I was like I got to think of a unique way to to propose to her because she didn't know cuz you know he he, he was he, he was in on it too because he said it wasn't going to he was going to be like another 2 weeks. So she wasn't expecting it at all. So um So I hid it in the cat food. I put it in a little plastic baggie, and I hid it in Ruffles' food. Not the wet food, the dry food. Okay, that's what I figured. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we would give him wet food every once in a while, but, I mean, he was fat enough. You know what I mean? It was a treat. If we gave him wet food, it was a treat, and he would go nuts. Oh, would Ruffle go nuts? But anyway, you know, and uh, when she came home, I made sure his dish was empty when she came home from work I made sure his dish was empty and there was a scooper because it was like a big uh, jar that we kept the cat food in and there was a scoop inside there and so I put the ring near the top and she scooped it out to, to feed ruffle and she poured it in and it went into the it, and it went into ruffle's bowl and then she's like what's that and then it was the ring
5: Imagine she, if she didn't
0: notice it. And she said, "Yeah, yeah." And then ruffle ate it. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past that fat cat to eat it. Yeah, I Probably would. And <laughs> then, uh, as, soon, as soon as you know, you know, she got the ring. She said yes. We of course went to Simons. <laughs> That's how we celebrated. Beautiful. That's also how we celebrated our divorce. <laughs> Oh, you, did you guys celebrate the divorce? No, you... we didn't, but she came oh. over she came over, she <laughs> brought the pa- she brought the papers over to my place. And I signed them. Mm-hmm. And then um I was like, "Hey, can you give me a lift to Simon's?" And she's like, "All right." So she gave me a lift to Simon's That's and then good, she good she sport. she came in and had a beer. Yeah. So, you know, it was I thought it was I thought I thought it was appropriate that, you know, we celebrated the fact that we got married or we were going to get married at Simon's. And uh yeah. It's the circle of life, baby. And the that's thing is, on is. our on our wedding uh, uh, on our on our wedding night, at the f- after the reception, all of us ended up at Simon's Tuxes. Her in her wedding gown. Scotty was, you know, was he 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 provided the the uh, he provided the uh, the limos, yeah. and stuff, and um, yeah, and the sound system. He brought in the, he brought the sound system too, because that's the kind of guy Scotty is over man, at Simon's. coming in clutch. Jeez, he's a, no, he's the man. And so we were there, and, and I'm, not, I'm not kidding. After the reception, the reception ended, I believe, at 10, probably. And it was downtown. It was in the loop. It was right, right across the street from Sears Tower. Um, I can't remember the name of the restaurant, but it was really nice. So um, anyway, we went back to Simon's. We were there till 7 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I was so drunk. Madness. I was so drunk. We got poured into a ca- We got poured into a taxi, both of us. Woke up the next day. Oh, my God. I had to work that night, too. I was on the air. It was a Sunday. And I was on the air that night. And I was, oh, God. One of the worst hangers I've ever had in my life. But it was fun. It was a great party. Everybody had fun. Listen, let me tell you something. My marriages didn't work out, but we had two of the best receptions ever. Oh, there you go. I mean, people loved both of my receptions. They were a blast. So... Zero for two on marriages, but two for two on the receptions. Two two, two amazing receptions, man. Something to be said for that. Let's call that a win. I'll call that a win. All right, so uh, listen to this story. Police in Louisiana were able to reel in a man captured on video swimming through a fish tank at a sporting goods store. Kevin Wise, that's not an appropriate name, Kevin Wise, 26, told KSLA-TV that he plunged into the indoor aquarium at a Bass Pro Shop in Bossier City last week to follow through on a promise he made to his followers. Oh, come on. On the social media platform TikTok. Come on. Hey, what's the use of TikTok? You're a youngster. Whoa, that's, I mean, that's even a little younger than me, honestly. I mean, I see it all all over the place. What what the hell, what does it do? I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's... I don't know. It's a social media platform centered around really short form videos. You remember Vine? Yeah. It's like that. It's almost exactly like that. It's identical to that. But now TikTok is the hot thing, right? It's uh, super hot. That's what people do. They make their entire careers on that crap. God. Hey, man. You know? said uh, I said that if I got 2,000 likes, I would jump into the tank. I got way more than that, and I didn't want to be a liar. What's what is going on? Well, I, Lynn, you know, Linda would actually hang out with this kid then. At least he's not a liar. Uh, a video captured by shopper Treasure McGraw. Come on, <laughs> seriously? <laughs> Sounds like an international name jewel is, thief. Your name is Treasure. <laughs> international jewel thief. Your name is Treasure McGraw. Come on, man. Uh. Video captured by shopper Treasure McGraw showed Wise swimming through the tank before climbing out and running from the store with wet clothes. We heard a big splash, and I thought it was one of the fish, McGraw said to the news outlet. My fiancé was like, somebody's in the tank. And we saw this guy swimming. Brass Bass Pro Shops filed a complaint with the Boston City Police Department on Friday saying it cost them money to empty out the 13,000-gallon aquarium and clean it after Wise's swim. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. What a jerk. Wise was charged with simple criminal damage to property and released with a citation to appear in court. He told KSLATV he pan- he planned to continue making, uh, continuing to make videos for his followers, but cautioned others against doing similar spur-of-the-moment pranks. Tick-tock. What will those kids do next for internet fame? Are you? Do you do the TikTok? I do not. Do you do any of that crap? What, like jump into tanks at Bass Pro Shop? No, no, or? no. Instagram and all that other. I mean, yeah, on occasion. I just use it to keep up with uh, keep up with people. At this point, yeah. it saves me a high school reunion, man. It saves me a high school reunion. Yeah, I don't need to go to that crap. Um. I remember my I loved my tenth anniversary my tenth reunion my tenth ten year high school reunion it was great because we were still you know we were like in our we were like twenty seven twenty eight yeah for me that'll be coming about two years yeah yeah i i thought the tenth i thought the tenth high school reunion was great I went to the twenty nobody else was there it was like there were like eight people no not eight people there were more but nobody that I hung out with in high school was there how long ago did I graduate? Nineteen eighty-three. What? What? How, how long is that? That's thirty-five. Is that thirty-five years? No, thirty-five would be eighty-five, right? Oh yeah, because it's two thousand twenty. So, oh, so it's thirty, thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Years. Thirty-seven years. Jeez, oh my god. Oh my god. Wow! I graduated high school thirty-seven years ago. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Hi, Nick degilio here on Seven Twenty WGN. We are live in the Skyline Studio, eighteen stories above beautiful downtown Chicago. We are here until four. Yeah, about ten more minutes, and then at four o'clock we've got the uh, the early morning news on the TV side, and uh, and then at five o'clock it's uh, Bob Srot. So um, we've got some miscellaneous uh, stories here that seem kind of uh, funny. So this year Christmas will be brought to you by beer. I thought it was always brought to you by beer. (laughs) In order to get through it, yeah. As the coronavirus pandemic shut down bars, restaurants, and venues around the world... Many beer makers suddenly found themselves with the same problem. As more and more kegs of unused beer started to pile up, these companies were forced to find safe ways to get rid of the stale drink. Guinness reportedly had to find a way to safely dispose of hundreds of, hundreds of thousands of kegs of returned beer. So Guinness turned to nature the beer brand has had reportedly been using hundreds of thousands of unused kegs of beer to fertilize Christmas trees. I hope they explain how, how somebody discovered that, that you can fertilize Christmas trees with Guinness. I told you earlier, Patty O'Leary Stumbled out of a pub and spilled a pint of Guinness onto a Christmas tree. And then six months later, boom. Um, The beer maker had millions of liters of its famous stout returned as the pandemic caused many countries in the world to enact strict lockdown orders. The Independent reports the company also had to significantly reduce its operations in order to maintain its yeast stocks. According to the news outlet, director of operations for Guinness, Aidan Crow, of course his name is Aiden, um, said it's been a tough time in the brewery, but it's been a much tougher time if you're trying to run on-trade outlets in this part of the world. That's why it was very, very important uh, right from the start of the lockdown to support the on-trade as much as we could. That's why we took the decision to bring back all of the beer From the on trade. In the drinks industry, places like bars and restaurants are known as on trade outlets, while grocery stores and specialty uh, shops are referred to as off trade. Unfortunately, taking the beer back left Guinness with a problem how to safely dispose of the product in an environmentally friendly way, especially considering the fact that Guinness reportedly took back hundreds and thousands of kegs. Jeez, that's a lot of Guinness. According to Crow, the vast majority of the beer went to willow and Christmas tree farms, where it's used as nutrients for the plants. So it's used as nutrients for the plants. Yeah, isn't I mean the the, the one of the advertising uh, campaigns for Guinness is it's good for you. Yeah, I love the I love their toucan. Yeah. It's good for you. Drink Guinness. It's good for you. I like that's a that's an incredible marketing campaign. Oh yeah. Think about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Drink our product. It's good for you. Yeah. It's a got any doctors behind that? Stout. It'll put hair on your chest. Yeah. And you'll fight like a man. Yeah. I've uh, consumed a lot of Guinness in my days. Yeah, uh, So I'm looking at the TV. I believe this is the final episode of Friends. Again? Yeah, the final episode of Friends, because they're in the apartment. Who the hell lived in the apartment? All of them, wasn't it? I don't know. What's the premise of that show? Uh, I, I thought it was... Um, I thought um, it was What's-Her-Face and What's-Her-Face who lived there. Ah yes, what's her Courtney face? Courtney Courtney Cox and um Jennifer Aniston lived in the in the in the apartment and across the hallway was uh, what's his face? Joey and Joey and Joey or Joey and Chandler? Chandler. Ah, okay. David Schwimmer was the only character that didn't live in that building. Well, that's because he was a lowly anthropologist. Yeah. But yeah, this is the last it's the last uh the last episode. They seem to be Jennifer Aniston is losing it. <laughs> How long was that show on? Like 10 years. God, really? At least. Um, probably started around, what, 1994? Oh, definitely 90s. Yeah. Definitely started somewhere around like 94, 95. Probably ended in 2004, 2005. Yeah. Somewhere in there. I'm no expert. Well, it's on every morning at 3.30. I guess they're gonna, So does that mean tomorrow they're going to start with episode one? I've always wondered that about reruns. Do they just show a random Sometimes it's of random. Because you never, you never catch the same Seinfeld episode twice in like a week or like any, or even a month really. Yeah. But it feels like there's a I do. Yeah, well (laughs) I mean who are we talking about here? The Seinfeld I watch is just disturbing. Alright, how about this? An Idaho man with more than 150 Guinness World Records to his name took 92 hits to the face from wet sponges to break his latest record. 150 world records. This guy. David Rush, who breaks Guinness World Records to promote STEM education, oh, okay, okay, that's cool, created a video for the Ada Company Library Summer Reading Program, which took its presentations virtual this year due to the COVID-19 pandemic and broke a record for his talk on growth mindset. The video features Rush recounting his journey from having zero Guinness Book of Records uh, at age 30 to amass more than 155 at age 35. At the close of the video, he breaks the record with help of neighbor Jonathan Hannon. Hannon threw 106 sponges in one minute of time, and 96 of them made contact with Rush's face to break the record, which previously stood at 76. Rush and Hannon previously broke the 32nd version of the same record, And Rush said it is a challenging record because it is difficult to figure out the timing of when he can open his eyes to reposition his face between sponge hits. Rush recently self-published a book about his record-breaking, Breaking Records, 21 Lessons from 21 World Record Attempts. Hey, can we get this guy on? But now there is a video of this guy getting smashed in the face with these wet sponges, right? Yeah, it's great. Oh, I got to see it. Yeah, and again, the book is called Breaking Records 21 Lessons from 21 World Record Attempts. David Rush is his name, Tom. Let's try and get this guy on the air to talk about his, all of the attempts of uh, world records that he's got. He's got over 150 Guinness World Records. They have so many weird. We've talked about this before. They have so many weird world records. People do just the strangest thing in order to be to to get into that Guinness book. So he got smashed in the face with the 92 wet sponges. <laughs> how do you think of that? Hey, I want to break a world record. How about I, how about I get smashed in the face with a, with, with a sponge? So, all right. Well, there you go. Hey, tomorrow, uh, Dave Gemello is going to join us. He is the uh, owner of the Green Mill, and we're going to talk about uh, how things are going in that, uh, in that industry as the pandemic continues. Okay, it's Nick DiGiglio on WGN.